do. Who? Who? Who's the man? Who's the world heavyweight champion of the world? Of the world? Stinger! Stinger! The Christmas holidays are over, brother. <laughs> it's time to go back to school. The school of pain, where you will learn to get some color. <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode 22. Did I get that right? <laughs> I even I looked. Think, I Episode twenty three, Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so I'm so out of it today, guys. I had a long day of work, but we are here talking about WCW Saturday Night Go Home Show before uh, for Super Brawl three. I believe it's February twentieth of nineteen ninety three, and I forgot what day. It was like literally the next day <laughs> for the pay per view. But uh, I guess we got some like one news to talk about. So Zelina Vega got fired or let go. Um, found out that she breached her contract because of her OnlyFans. I think that's solid now. Yeah, it seems to be what the deal was. Um, good for her. I mean. Yeah, she she stick <laughs> she, she stick she stick to her guns and she stood up to Vince and I think now every wrestler knows like either you're gonna do Twitch or you're gonna get fired. So I I guess we'll see what happens to Paige. I know, I think Paige has more of a seniority and I think she would stay there until Vince says what the fuck is Twitch. Get, get, don't do Twitch anymore, or we're just going to take your money. So I guess we'll see. What's your opinion on it? Um, I'm I'm glad she stood up for herself. Uh, this is going to, I think this is leading to uh, some kind of confrontation with WWE about their independent contractor status. Mm-hmm. I think the, the next year is going to be kind of interesting in terms of that kind of stuff. Um. As for Paige, I don't know. In my opinion, she made a really good case for herself. Like it's like, look, I don't wrestle anymore. I can't, and they don't use me on TV anymore. I'm basically just an on-air personality occasionally. Yeah. That. What I'm just pretty much saying is like she could get away with saying "fuck you, Vince." I, I'm not giving up my Twitch uh, because of her seniority and probably because of her reasoning that. You know, she's not on TV. She doesn't wrestle. This is all she got. Um, so, and I'm I'm pretty sure probably like the higher brass, like Stephanie and them are just like, whatever. She, her contract is going to be up. We'll just let her go when it's up, pretty much. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's no new news. Um, oh, besides John Moxley and uh, what's her face? Renee what, Young. Renee Young is uh, pregnant having a kid john moxley did a did a promo on uh dynamite and like nonchalant just said my pregnant wife in the middle of his fucking promo so that's how they announced it or that's how he announced it so congratulations to them yeah i I guess so i don't care (laughs) uh i guess let's get into it brother brother so WCW Saturday Night. I, was, I, keep, I almost said Saturday Night Live again. 
It was uh, never live. It was taped. Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, I do want to say I shelled out $10 for the network because I couldn't find either of these on the web. Oh, really? Yeah, so I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a fucking given to the man. And uh, it was nice to actually watch it in HD, kind of, a little bit. Somewhat. Yeah. A I decent had a... copy. Even though that episode of Saturday Night had some technical difficulties in it, apparently. Hmm. So, it starts off with, uh, you know, Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco, right? And Bill Watts. And Bill Watts. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because it's yep. fucking corny. He opens us up, talking about all the chaos in the previous two weeks. Mm-hmm. And how it's, they're going to they're gonna settle some, some shit. And, uh... I don't know. I like Bill Watson, this authority figure role. He's pretty good at it. Yeah, and that's what I kind of wanted Vince to be. Like, remember when, like, Vince and, like, Shane and Stephanie were all in the ring and were like, this is this is going to be for you? Like, I wish, like, there was a figurehead like that who would show up occasionally, kind of like Tony Khan sh- shows up uh, occasionally and, like, flexes his, his muscles. Well, Tony Khan doesn't have muscles, but whatever. You get what well, I mean. WWF had that. Uh, it was Gorilla Monsoon. Mm-hmm. It was just way later. Like, Jack Tunney doesn't count because Jack Tunney is, like, kind of a classic example of an old authority figure that people like because he just he doesn't really show up much at all. Mm-hmm. They just say, Jack Tunney, uh, you know, sanctioned this match. Or You remember there's the famous... Uh, contract signing between like hulk hogan and warrior at jack tony's office or some shit you know that that stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah bill watts shows up occasionally and says we're gonna we're gonna fix this shit or he gets up in corny's face and they have a confrontation and it's funny stuff like that mm-hmm. um do we get it right into the match scotty i guess so because there's not much, there wasn't much else about that intro. He's basically like, "This has been crazy the past two weeks. Hopefully, the guys can blow off some steam and we can have a normal show." <laughs> yeah, I, I like it's it, it's interesting. It starts off like that because most of the shows they go straight into the match, or and like this one was like fire. Like Bill Watts is like, "Fuck yeah, we need to Jim Cornette go fuck yourself." Pretty much, we're ending it here. <laughs> yeah. So, next match, Scotty Flamingo, Shanghai Pierce, and Tex Salinger uh, versus... Slazinger. Slazinger versus Two Cold uh, Scorpio, Marcus Bagwell. Oh, wait, Marcus Anderson Bagwell. No, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Damn it. (laughs) And Steve Regal. I say his his full name every time. You should remember it by now. (laughs) Uh, this, This was a surprisingly long match. Actually, yeah, yeah, it was, and I don't really think it was for the better that it was that long. Yeah, uh, Scott, Scotty Flamingo and the other two didn't mix really well. Uh, I think two cold sport, uh, Scorpio, Marcus Bagwell, and Steve Regal, I think, really worked well together. They meshed well, and the other three were just like, "What the fuck is happening?" Well. Scotty Flamingo Raven, I think, held up his end of the bargain there. Mm-hmm. And he, when like he was only in the match in the very beginning, and it was for like a very brief time. 
and then like he's kind of playing like that lower card sort of a athletic comedic heel role a little bit mm-hmm. but then he tags out to the the other guys the slazinger shanghai dudes and i've said it before they've had matches on saturday night before and they're kind of dull and here it was it was especially dull because they were in there for a long time yeah it was very hokey at times too and like it, it didn't feel right like i think scotty flamingo needed like a vinnie vegas and like somebody else to do it because we got vinnie vegas in the show and i thought that that fucking squash but we'll get to that later <laughs> uh um but like I don't know, it, what was like what was the booking of this match? Was it just show off Too Cold Scorpio and Bagwell and Steve Regal for Super Brawl, pretty much? I think so, but like Regal wasn't on Super Brawl at all. I think, I think this was just like a babyface showcase match, basically. Okay. Until the two heels that really sucked the energy out of everything took over, especially Shanghai Pierce. Mm-hmm. That guy like screwed up the whole match. <laughs> there, was, there was like a botched drop kick on like Shanghai where like I think he mis they miscommunicated and he went to duck under like he was gonna do a leapfrog. But Scorpio went for a drop kick and he kinda like drop kicked the top of the back of his head. <laughs> and then he rolled out and then he does a dive or something and then like he just he almost I'm pretty sure he hit the back of his head on the railing. Yeah. When when he hit Shanghai with that dive. And then, like, they roll back in the ring, and Scorpio hits him with some drop kicks, and he sells him, like, real shitty. Like, he almost borderline no-sells him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, come on. Uh, then Flamingo gets in. Like, otherwise, it's just Steve Regal does some shit. He does some good world sports shit. And Marcus Alexander Bagwell does his babyface shit. And then Flamingo gets in near the end after a bit, and he does a little bit of heat. Then Scorpio gets a tag, and he cleans house. He hits all of his offense. I gotta admit, Too Cold Scorpio, like, when we started watching WCW Saturday Night, he was just, you know, a flip flip here, flip there. Now he seems like an all-around good wrestler. Like they're, oh yes, especially with his match in Super Brawl, we're going to talk about. Yeah, because like it seems like he's fitting into what his role is going to be in this uh, WCW here. Yeah, he's the baby like, face. He he could fly and he could wrestle, and he shows intensity in this match. W- whatever, he does too. Whatever yeah. inten- intensity that they're supposed to be in this match. I thought it was interesting. His finish for this was like, I, I don't know if like Scotty Flamingo was just slightly out of position or something. And it caused him to just improvise, but he went for like a the sideways splash, you know, like the thing Lexa bliss does. Mm-hmm. Apparently she stole it from too cold. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's a too cold uh, Scorpio fan. Maybe uh, I'll get to that later when we talk about that match, but it was okay. You know, everybody, everybody else was fine except for Slashinger and Shanghai. Yeah, I, I, um, gave, I gave this a... Uh, and the only reason why I gave it a, this score is because of the babyface side. And I gave it a 5.5 5 out of 10. Me too. Yeah. So, up next is the Sting promo where he's in the furry coat. You want to talk about that? 
Yeah, you're more well versed in surfers thing. Okay, is, it, is that his thing? Like he just wears outlandish shit, like. Not really. I mean, like, Sting dresses up like a ni- early 90s surfer workout guy, usually. You know, he's got the bright clothes and the fucking breakaway pants and the fanny pack and shit. That, that's how Sting is at this point in time. <laughs> maybe, he was, he sh- maybe, maybe he was cold. Well, he, he showed up in it, and then JR's like, oh, what's up with the coat? And he's like, well, I'm dressed for the White Castle of Fear. <laughs> he's, talking about, like, he's ready for it to go back into the mountains or some bullshit he's like but i don't want to talk about the white castle of fear he's like but you're the one that brought it up like, <laughs> he doesn't say that that's just what i thought yeah then he just talks about all the fucking havoc vader's wreaked he's like broke some dude's back he fucked up staying and he's gonna put the scorpion death lock on him and he's gonna make him feel pain yes pain and he just starts screaming that, and he goes, "Yes, pain!" And then he d- goes to the crowd and he says, "Yes, pain! Yes, pain!" And then like people start cheering, "Yes, pain!" And he seemed surprised that people were chanting, "Yes, pain!" As far as I can tell, from like the last two months of WCW programming we've seen, like Sting's like really over mm-hmm. in WCW right now. Like it just seems like it doesn't matter what he does. They just get into whatever he's doing. And it's even to the point sometimes where something's happening in the show. Like some guy's getting beat down at the end of the show. And they'll just start chanting for Sting to come out and save him. <laughs> it's just like, but it doesn't happen. Sting rarely comes out to save anybody. <laughs> well, he came out in this episode. He did. Yeah. Vinny Vegas, huh? Yeah, what'd you think of this one? <sighs> This match, right? Like they showed, like it's a squash. It's an obviously, obviously a squash match. Uh, but Chris Sullivan, I think that's his name, right? Um, let me just see real quick. Brad Anderson. It was, yeah. I don't, uh, he he did some pretty good moves on Vinny Vegas, and but then like I don't know what it is about Nash that I hate his style so much. Mm. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I noticed in this match, he's starting to change. Did you notice that? A little bit. Remember the last few times we've seen him work? Like he's been working like a lot of a faster pace. Mm-hmm. And he, like he's been working more like he's an average size wrestler instead of being like a seven foot tall guy. Mm-hmm. The here, I really started noticing. He he really started working like he was like a bigger guy here. Like ha- like what you kind of know him for later on in his career. Yeah. He was doing the typical shit. He was throwing Brad Anderson in the corner and he was hitting the knees. And, you know, he was, he was kind of like stalling for time a little bit. And he hits the sidewalk slam. His clothesline is fucking cool, though. Yeah. I, I, I'll but- give him that. Um, I, I like his taunt uh, where he's like, he gets he up rolls and the he, dice. he rolls the dice. <laughs> Um, because you got to keep up that Vinny Vegas thing. And is the Snake Eyes his finisher? Yeah, that's his finisher right now, which is, that's probably the best Snake Eyes I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I like it. He used to hit better than that. It looks like he's trying to be a little safer with it now or something, or maybe that guy just took it weird. Yeah, I will admit, like, I like him before where he's transitioning to, because I don't 
like Kevin Nash. I think his style is boring. Um, it, 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 I, I get why he's doing it. He's this big guy. Like he should be powerhousing people and not working for that win. If that makes any sense. I, it sort of does. I, I, I still think he kind of took it the wrong way. In my opinion, like I get it. It's like the Hogan philosophy brother, mm-hmm. but, but like, in my opinion, he's more imposing like when he's faster because he's like he's a really big guy, but he's not like a big fat guy. Yeah. He's like this really tall dude who's at this point, he's pretty cut. He, he's pretty slim. Oh, look at Bam Bam Bigelow. That dude's fat as fuck, but he could fly off the ropes and shit and he's fast and a- agile. So uh, is Vader. <laughs> yeah, dude. For a guy that size. Dude, that's... I. I, I I actually, uh, I, sorry for jumping around, but like Super Bowl three, and I know I'm, I'm not going into deep detail. I watched it three times because I like that match. You, oh, you watched that match, the strap match? Yeah. Oh yeah. So we'll we'll get to that, but it was fun. Hmm. Um, um. This is a squash match. This is showing off any Vegas. Uh, pretty good I get, squash. I yep. thought. I, I just it's it's biased for me because I hate Kevin Nash. I I never liked him, even when he was Diesel. Didn't give a shit. It's weird for me because I liked Diesel, mm-hmm. but like I I can admit looking back, it's like I think I said this before. Name a great match Kevin Nash had. Can't do it. You can't do it. The only one that comes to mind is the one he had with Bret Hart at Survivor Series. That's the only one anybody can ever say. It's because Brett yeah. worked his ass off in that match. I actually had somebody that said the CM Punk versus Kevin Nash match was good, and I'm like, I was like, <laughs> fuck uh, off. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. So I'm changing my opinion because the next thing we're gonna talk about is Max Payne and his promo. Um, yeah. Because he's talking about, is he talking about his guitar? By the way. It turned out he was ter- he was talking about his guitar, yeah. Okay. So I could get past the. I I think he needs a makeover, and I hope down the road where we watch more of WCW, he changes because I think he has the wrong gimmick. But whatever he he he's transitioning into, because remember he's Max Payne, he's from whatever the state of Euphoria. The state of Euphoria. He needs to drop that. And I think he needs to become like this rocker, like punk kind of person without that hair. I could uh, see that. Yeah. Uh, because I, and did he get fat by the way? Cause I, I swear that he was kind of skinny for the past couple of weeks. No, it's no? just, he's, he's always been that size. It's just, he kind of slightly changed his ring gear a little bit. Oh, it was it was all black before. Now it's like he's got like kind of a a top, and he's got some blue stripes, some bright blue stripes, and I think it just makes it kind of noticeable. He's just kind of sort of a fat guy a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and what he pretty much said in the promo is that I'll be at Super Brawl uh, with a lady with nice curves and. Uh, it's going to be a nice event, and you don't want to miss it. You have to watch Super Brawl pretty much. Yeah. 
And that's how he ended it. And he like <laughs> he he stood so close to Tony Shav- uh, Shavani. And like Tony's like fuck away from me. <laughs> What's wrong with you? But the next promo is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> you take Paul, it away. Paul Ordorf. Yeah, Paul Ordorf with JR and he cuts another this time he's more coherent. He's not as angry. I guess when uh, Paul Ordorf gets really angry, he just he he flies off the handle. He just don't whatever. He's ranting. He, he kind of <laughs> gets there. Uh, I do like the part uh, where where he goes, uh, Cactus Jack, I'm gonna dissect you like a frog. Like he had to think about it. <laughs> I like how he thought about it for a minute. He looked directly at Jr. He's like like a frog. Like he's yelling <laughs> at him, and he's like shit. But um. Yeah, he says it doesn't matter where the match goes, he'll win and prove something to JR, Cactus, WCW, and all the eight to fivers out there. <laughs> I was like, damn, all right. And he, uh, he, uh, what do you call it? He commentates with Jim Ross throughout Cactus's uh, match. Yeah, I did a little bit of color commentary. It was kind of weird a little bit because, like, Jim Ross would feed him lines and he's like, yeah. I'll pile drive him into the concrete. <laughs> Just like you said, Jim Ross. <laughs> yeah. Then it goes to uh, Mustafa Saeed versus Cactus Jack. Cactus? I, I love how he, he... I mean, Mick Foley's never changed his, uh, his fighting style. It's always been that. <laughs> what he, what sort of. Yeah, like in his younger years, he could do a little bit more offense. Mm-hmm. Like he was still fat. He was still he could still be a little fast when he wanted to be. Before he fucked his knees up and fucked his back up, we're gonna see how he fucks his back up later. <laughs> but, but um, he does a couple. Th- he like throws out a basement drop kick. I was like, whoa! I've not seen Mick Foley do a drop kick in a long time. Yeah. He throws Mustafa out, and he hits a leg drop on the floor. And this is what I love. He hit a, he hit a running leg drop on the floor, rolled him into the ring, and pinned him. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, I got to ask you, is Mustafa a heel? I think he's supposed to be a heel. Like, he's a jobber heel. Yeah, because he raked the eyes of Mick Foley, by the way. Yeah, every time we've seen Mustafa, he's done some kind of cheap thing a little bit, or he just punches the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was squash, but it was it was cool. It got cactus over. I like the finish. Remind me about the of the when he rolled him up and put him in the ring. Yeah, where he just hit that leg drop. It's it's doing a leg drop to a guy on the floor. That's the thing. Oh yeah, and yeah. then he rolls him in and, and just pins him. Yeah, because I remember because I I I kind of like oh he got all of that leg on fucking Mustafa. Like Mustafa's like. Argh. <laughs> yeah, you gotta remember, Cactus is like a little bit above 300 pounds, just mm-hmm. barely. So that's, that's a pretty big guy doing a leg drop. There's a few finishes I like throughout both of these shows that was just like, that was a cool finish. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Then we got another Super Brawl Control Center update with Uncle Eric. <laughs> it's the same shit. He just tells us about the card again, basically. And we see uh, Vader uh, pretty much hanging. Uh, Sting with the leather strap over the rope. Yeah. Hanging people. <laughs> and then we get Vader versus Chris Sullivan. That's where I got mi- mixed up. <laughs> right when I saw Chris Sullivan, I was like, 
dude's dead. He's dead. We've seen it before. I love yeah. his jacket though. His jacket is fucking sick. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like gold or some shit. It's like something Chris Jericho would wear. It seems like it. It's another Vader squash. I love Vader squashes. It's another Vader squash that he gets disqualified because they just strap uh leather strap him and choke him and put paint on him because it doesn't matter. Vader is sending a message to Stinger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He goes, body block, press slam, scoop slam, and he fucking punches the shit out of him in the corner, power bomb. It's over. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, he paints his face, and then he, Vader starts whipping him. And then here's the best part, though. A bunch of jobbers come out to try to save his brother, their jobber brethren, and <laughs> he just starts whipping all the jobbers that try to come in and save him. <laughs> he hits fucking, I think it was Bob Cook. He hits Bob Cook in the fucking face, and he's like, Falls over on the apron and lays there. <laughs> uh, and then Sting comes out to save all the jobbers and he scares Vader away. Yeah. He takes his shirt off and everybody freaks out. <laughs> this one's like, yeah, see, Sting came out to save. He saved jobbers. Whoever comes out to save a jobber? Nobody except Sting. Remember when Zack Ryder was John Cena's friend and he was basically a jobber? Yep. And he never saved Zack Ryder. Yep, and he stole his girlfriend, too. He stole his girlfriend. <laughs> I had a theory. I told a couple of my other friends this. After kind of seeing Sting again, like in this era, mm-hmm. I'm like, they'll never admit this, but what WWE wanted was they wanted John Cena to be like Surfer Sting, and he just never could be. Mm-hmm. He's got the same build. They wrestle kind of a similar style somewhat. Yeah. But Sting's just way better. Indeed. <laughs> we get this cool-ass Vader promo. Oh, yeah. I love this promo. I, that, that was part of my promo for the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. So, Harley Race uh, pretty much pumps up Vader. I just love how Vader's just, like, in the background while Tony's, like, uh, interviewing Harley Race. And he's Those JR. A JR, and he's, like, going <laughs> fucking... I love how... Jay, like Vader shouts, he's just like, and he's like flexing, and JR's like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> <him> a little bit. <laughs> but he's, you know, he does this. It's another Vader classic promo, just a classic, like what you think of as a stereotypical wrestling promo, but he's doing it. And it's amazing. I like how there's a theme where Paul Orndorff wanted to dissect a frog because that's what you do in school, and then Vader talking about <laughs> going back to the school of pain. I just like how he said the Christmas holidays are over, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and, then he, <laughs> and then he talked about like how you're when you're lying in fear, when you're broke and you're in pain. <laughs> you can tell he does this off the fly. He definitely does. I miss that. I miss that about promos. Mm-hmm. We got this sweet Max Payne versus Keith Cole match. Oh my god, Keith Cole's mullet is the best mullet I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. He's got the flat top, and it's just it's down past his shoulders in the back. It's past his shoulders. <laughs> it's like Guile if he had a mullet. That's what I thought. It's like, dude, it's like Guile had a mullet. Like this guy is awesome. I kind of want him to win now. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't win. 
Yeah, so Bax Payne comes out with his leather jacket and goofy hair and his goofy fucking gear and shit. And uh, <laughs> it was a pretty long, decent match. It wasn't super squash at all. No, he, the, the, you know, Keith Cole got some offense. He better with that haircut. Mm-hmm. He got a little offense. His specialty seems to be the side headlock takeover. Oh, a lot. <laughs> he did. He did it like three or four times, and then Payne just fucking taps him out with the arm bar and is over. Yeah, that arm bar was. I, I gotta admit, the arm bar was kind of nasty a little bit. Oh, the Fujiwara arm bar is a great move. Mm-hmm. You get people that really know how, to like, kind of torque it, make it look good. It, it always looks nasty. So, did you consider this a squash match or? Yeah, it's a squash because Keith Cole got really limited offense on the guy. Like, really, Max Payne was in control most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, I call this a squash. All right, I, I agree with you because I had it at five out of ten because nothing really happened besides mm-hmm. the arm bar. So, I'll, I'll do a no score on that one as well. Yep. So, my question to you because we have stunning Steve Austin and uh, Flying Brian come up with their promo are they the hollywood blondes now because i've noticed stone cold did this they're doing the thing the camera thing a little bit but they're not called that yet they haven't called them that yet okay and then they get matching gear at super brawl i noticed mm-hmm. they got the so, stars yeah um this is a little short promo between the two of them they're just hyping up the lumberjack match that pillman's having with steamboat later in the show and i was like yes Yes. That's, that sounds good. <laughs> I I gotta admit, like, I miss lumber lumberjack matches where the heels were on the heel side and the faces were on the face side, and they used that to their advantage. But we'll, we'll get to that match. Yeah. There's a whole bunch to talk about there. Then we got <laughs> the great match they hyped from last week, Wrecking Crew versus Z-Man and J-God. <laughs> This is the most boring tag teams I ever saw in my life. <laughs> All right, look, look, I'll say this. I don't really dislike Z-Man and J-Gun that much. Mm. They're, like, they're like an undercard team. They're like an undercard babyface team, and they do okay. Like, they have, like, okay offense and stuff. Z-Man has his lame-ass karate kick, <laughs> which he hits a couple times in this match. So, pretty much Z-Man... And uh, what's the other guy's name again? Johnny Gunn. I, I just like to call him Jay Gunn so he matches with Z-Man. <laughs> Z-Man and I just Jay. Can't, I just can't believe they didn't think of that. I don't know. Z-Man and Jay Gunn, they remind me of the B-Team. Oh, my. They're more successful than the B-Team, though. Wait, no, the B-Team had championships, right? Did Yeah, but their, their whole thing was they were like fucking jobbers that would like get lucky and win. Okay. Fair game. You know, Z-Man and J-Gun look competitive, but sometimes they just lose. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know. I just, gonna... I just didn't feel this match. Uh, I I thought it was, again, they're struggling against this team a little bit, the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, and it's like, it's weird because it seems like they wanted to push them at first. Uh-huh. And then it kind of seems like they got cold feet on pushing him, and I think I know why after watching this match. <laughs> Let me hear the opinion. All right, all right. So Rage shows Keith Cole how to do a headlock for a lot of the time in this match. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes for that headlock for a long time in this match. <laughs> and then finally, Z-Man gets in. He gets a little offense. And the crew gets heat on him for a while. Like, a while. Mm-hmm. And Fury is definitely better than Rage in this team. He's better on the mic. He's just yelling promos, but at least he doesn't embarrass himself. And he's competent in the ring as, like, a big guy, a big heel guy. Yeah. Like, he's okay. I can watch him, and I don't really find much holes in what he does. Then Jay Gunn gets a hot tag and almost wins, but he gets foiled. And then Z-Man hits a karate kick on Rage, who apparently (laughs) no-sells it. Because he, like, kind of just goes out to the apron, and then he goes to the top rope, and he tries to come off the top rope to do something to Jay Gunn, but he fucking slips. (laughs) <laughs> and he does like a diving forearm to his leg. Oh god. <laughs> and then Fury pins him and that's actually the finish they go with. Oh no. He botched the finish. Do you do you remember that? I don't remember it because I was like Wow You zoned this... out? I zoned out of this match. Uh <laughs> I will say, like I, I do agree with you. Fury is the one who who's good on the mic, right? He well He's not good. He's okay. Like, I, he gets his point across. He doesn't embarrass himself. Yeah. In the ring, he, he can work pretty decently, I think. Like, if they wanted to push him as, like, a single heel guy or something or put him in a tag team with somebody else, mm-hmm. like, that would probably work better. I think him and Max Payne would do well. That's weird. I was just thinking that, actually. I'm like, hey, you put Max Payne and Fury in a tag team because Max Payne can kind of cut a promo, sort of. Yeah, I I think yeah. if I think if he changes that stupid hair and gear, uh, he could cut some pretty good promos. Be oh, like yeah. a, be like a cool guy or something, and any other guy just I don't know. He could be like a security. Maybe he could be one of fucking Ric Flair's fucking uh, FBI agent. It's fucking great. <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of botches in this match, and they all came from Rage. Yeah, it just seems like awkward and shit. Because Z Man's kind of wrestled for a while now. At this point, he's he might have been wrestling for ten to fifteen years at this point, so he's kind of a veteran. He doesn't mm-hmm. really fuck anything up. Jay Gunn's pretty young, I think. He's still kind of like a rookie, but he doesn't fuck up that much. Yeah, so we know who, whose fault it was. <laughs> it was boring. I don't want to see this match again. I gave it a 4.0 out of 10. I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. I I hated it more than you did. (laughs) (laughs) It was mostly that finish. That finish was god-awful. Like, he fucked the finish up. They couldn't just, like, Fury couldn't just pick pick him up and fucking powerbomb him or some shit and pin him. (laughs) His submissions are fucking terrible. Rages? Rage? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he did. He did some other finish. And it fucking sucked. And he did. He did a bear hug for fucking ever. It was just a shitty bear hug too. You shouldn't do a bear hug on a guy that's the same height as you or a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. It just looks terrible. <laughs> I, I'm. I just. I, I'll give Z Gun, uh, Z Man, and J Gun. <laughs> that's the day. That's when they mix their names. Z Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him another shot. Hopefully okay. with with better uh, opponents. Okay, yeah, like I said, though, I'm not saying they're a good team. 
saying you're okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Fucking, uh... Oh, here, yeah, yeah. The Barry Windham promo. I love this. This up close with Barry Windham. What'd you think of it? I fucking loved it. I love that Barry is just like, I'm fucking riding a Harley. Uh, I made you come out here not to talk about Ric Flair, not to talk about Muda, but about me. Well, actually me and Muda. Uh, I I just love the atmosphere of seeing like (laughs) cars in the 90s in the background just fucking driving by uh, and him just being a fucking cool motherfucker. Uh, that's that's basically what the point of this was. Is literally like Gordon Soul is just standing on the sidewalk out by the street, mm-hmm. and there's just traffic going by. And then Barry Windham just rides up on his motorcycle and parks it right in front of him, and takes his helmet off, mm-hmm. and they just cut. They just do an interview right there, and I'm like, that was fucking cool. Like honestly, it just was. Well, think about it. Like Barry's been always with a group. Like if he wasn't with stunning uh, Steve Austin and. Brian Pillman, he was with Vader and, and the gang and everything. Now, now it feels like he's on his own. Barry was also a horseman for a while. Yeah, and I guess that's where the beef comes in with Ric Flair because he kind of like <laughs> he starts asking him questions like, "What do you think about Ric Flair coming?" And he's like, "I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about me." So yeah. Is Barry, of course, none of this is fucking scripted. Mm-hmm. He's just talking off the top of his head, and it's great. And it's cool. And it's like it's like before Undertaker was American Badass, you had Barry Windham, I guess, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> He's the American Badass. What we got next? The main event. The Lumberjack match. Yeah. Um... I re- like I said before, I really like old school lumberjack matches because they felt like they're actual lumberjack matches. I don't know what it is about modern time lumberjack matches. What makes them so boring today than they are back then? I don't know. You're, yeah, you're onto something there because, and I noticed something else while watching these shows that made me think, like, why don't they do that anymore? Mm-hmm. Like it's. But like yeah, here there was de- it was like you were saying there was clearly defined baby face and heel sides. Yeah, and, and it was like when the heel when when Flying Brian came out, all the heels were like, "Yeah, get him, brother, yeah." And he rolled in the ring, and of course his buddy Austin is out there, and they're all, they're constantly communicating. And then and I, when Steamboat comes out, he high fives everybody, and he's like, "Yeah," and he's fuck everybody likes him. Yes, I mean, who doesn't like Steamboat? Yeah. He just came in the ring and I was just happy, honestly. <laughs> I just <laughs> felt like really good. <laughs> and then he saw Shane Douglas in the in in the on the one side you're just like fucking stay over there. It made uh, me think again, like, God damn it, I want Steamboat to go single so bad. <laughs> uh so uh in the promo before, I guess the reason why uh I guess they're not doing Super Brawl three is because Shane Douglas has a quote unquote injury. He has a knee injury, apparently, because he got clipped. Is he injured in real life, or they kayfabe it to look like it? Oh, I don't know. I didn't didn't bother to try to find that out or not. I'm wondering if it's like Ron Simmons' shoulder injury. I'll get to that later, too. God damn it. Yeah, we got screwed out of that fucking match. (laughs) 
Oh man. Um, what do you want to say about this one? Uh, again, I I really like the their 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 main goal in this booking is to show up both tag teams. Like, uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna call them the Hollywood Blondes right now. The Hollywood Blondes. Um, they want to make them look good, but also not put them over. And then, and what I really like what old school wrestling did back in the day is you keep your champion strong. You never get pinned, or you know, you, you get pinned only if it's like in a dirty way. Um, yeah. But I like that the opponents used the lumberjacks to their advantage. So when Steamboat was getting wrecked, uh, there was times where he would go on to his side to like kind of rest a little bit and same thing with uh brian pillman he would go to his side if he was being a chicken shit just like a heel would do and also what brian pillman would do is uh he would throw his opponent out to the heel side so they they can beat him up and then obviously you see all the the faces coming around uh and then they would throw him back in the ring and i i, I loved about that uh, match so far uh, I love Steamboat, how he sells. <laughs> Brian Pillman yes. pretty much had him, like, in a headlock, fucked up his, like, whole body, and he was just, like, dead there the whole time for a while, and he sold it really well. Yeah, Steamboat selling is amazing. I still say, like, people should watch Steamboat to learn how to sell. Mm-hmm. That's lost. People don't sell enough anymore. Yeah. Uh, I really I really like uh, <laughs> Brian Pillman. He's, he transitioned pretty well from a babyface to a heel uh, because there are times where he kept on going to the ref, he's pulling my hair, pulling my hair, and then... I like, love that, yeah. And then the ref would go to the other side and he would pull fucking Steamboat's hair. <laughs> and then the ref would go back around. Oh, it's such great. I love it. And I love Brian Pillman's fucking, like, punches. Again, not a lot of wrestlers know how to throw a punch, and I think Brian Pillman does it really well. He's got he's got a solid punch, yeah. He his work's good too. Like where he's working more heel now instead of babyface. Mm-hmm. He pretty much dropped. It's funny because they still call him Flying Brian. He yeah. pretty much dropped all of his flying offense, and now <laughs> he's just like really cheap, and he begs off a lot, and he does tricks. Mm-hmm. It's it's just kind of funny. It's kind of like the Midnight Express. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Bobby Eaton's kind of an ugly, dumpy-looking guy. <laughs> um, so, I got one question for you. Um, sure. Did Eddie Guerrero do his like, uh, you know, tricks where he was like, "Oh, he he hurt me," or he would throw the chairs to the other opponent before he went to WCW? Or, I'm sure he'd seen stuff like that, you know, before. Because I'm sure some of that stuff is, like, really old tricks, you mm-hmm. know, really. Uh, I can't really name off any names because, honestly, like, the earliest recollection I have of people doing stuff like this is, honestly, people like, you know, Ted DiBiase or Honky Talk Man or Brian Pillman, stuff like that. Because my favorite part... Um, and it's in Super Bowl again. Is when Brian Pillman does his knee act and like Stone Cold and uh, Brian Pillman are like, "Time out, time out, my knee, my knee," and then he like hit fucking. Uh, I think he hit Eric Watts or something or Marcus Alexander Bagwell. 
It's one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, but what do you got to say about this match? Um, you hit one of the main points I wanted to talk about anyway. Was like, which was Brian doing that headlock trick. Mm-hmm. Just that's just a great heel trick you can do. Um, I like. I, I'm going to compliment the commentary again because like they they do this thing where Pillman keeps putting Steamboat in a headlock, but Steamboat keeps countering it. Like mm-hmm. he keeps he keeps trying like he'll roll him over and put him in a pen really quick all of a sudden and it, it fucks up what he's trying to do and he has to start over. Mm-hmm. And then they do this a couple times and then finally Brian does it a little differently and he extends his whole body out. And then Larry Zabisco explains what he just did and why that worked and it makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and we need more of that, by the way. We need commentators, color commentators, to do their job. To explain and AEW kind of does it really well. I will say somewhat. that somewhat depends on who's taught who's trying to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's Excalibur, he'd go fuck himself. He says he calls a punch knuckle arrow, brother. Come on, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> but Zabisco's great at that, and so is uh Jesse Ventura, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like Jesse Ventura on Super Brawl explained why a headlock fucking hurts. Have you ever heard anybody else fucking do that? No. But, <laughs> and he also talked about what you woulda or, or you coulda. <laughs> woulda, coulda. And then Tony's like, I think I understand. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> but, um, Let's see. What else did I write here? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Pillman bags off and me do some jazz. and I wrote a lot. I guess because this match was just really, it was mostly just the stuff they the the stuff in between all the moves they were doing that was great. I like that cactus was not on any of the sides, and every time like one side was being uh, an asshole, they would go. He would go over there and like tell him to stop. I don't know if you hey, know he did give Steamboat a high five though. Yeah, so he at least likes him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, there's this part where Steamboat was starting to make a comeback. He hit, like, some explosive strikes, and Pillman was bumping, like, crazy. Like, he did, like, a backflip and shit. Mm-hmm. And he, like, bounced off the ropes and everything. <laughs> and then it's funny because Steamboat kind of returns the favor a little bit because you, you catch Pillman doing that face crusher thing he does occasionally. Yeah. Where, like, a guy's kneeling, and he just grabs his face and just goes, wham, like, as hard as he can on the mat. Steamboat oversold the fuck out of that move. Oh, I wonder. He did, like, a headstand. <laughs> I want to bring this up. So there's a time where Steamboat gets thrown to the heel side, and uh, Steamboat kind of, uh, you know, gets back. He punches Pillman in the face, and he starts to do like a suplex uh, to the heel side. And you just see stunning Steve Austin just hit fucking uh, uh, Steamboat in the back to stop the suplex. And I was like, that's great. Yeah, that was great. There's this, the, the thing I like most was. Like, throughout the whole match, like, Austin keeps kind of picking at him when he gets a chance, just like what you just said. Well, do and, you know, sorry to cut you off, but do you notice in, like, modern era, kind of, like, if there's people on the outside, like, you would think your teammate would stop it, right? No, they all yeah. con- congregate and go into a little group so that they, they could do the big move, the big suplex. Because if that, if that yeah. was during modern times, you wouldn't see Stone Cold uh, or somebody do that. You would just see them all uh, 
like gather around to break the fall for the suplex. Get into position, yeah, yeah, to, to do it, do a fall, yeah. yeah. Um, and that that kind of go, goes into what I'm saying here, though, which is like eventually Steamboat has enough of it, and like like he's doing this while he's selling, he gets fucking mad and he just dives out at Austin, mm-hmm. and it looks like a crazy dive, like it wasn't like a I'm in position and ready to catch you dive. Mm-hmm. It looked like he just got fucking pissed and tackled him through the ropes. And then he gets back in the ring and he starts chopping the shit out of Brian and he just starts choking him. <laughs> he's just he's just like mad. Like, I wrote this down. So um Brian Pillman has Steamboat in a uh, Boston Crab, right? Or a Walls of Jericho for all you modern people. Um why was Austin like pushing his head? That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I did write a note about that. So, like, he was... They say it on commentary, but I, I get it. That That's kind of iffy, in my opinion, but, like, I get it. Basically, he's pushing on him to help add pressure to him pulling back on the Boston Crab. That's what I thought, but it looks so weird. <laughs> All you it, see is, like, Stone Cold, like, push Brian Pellin's face back. <laughs> it works better with the abdominal stretch when you do the old handhold abdominal stretch trick. Yeah, or like the figure four where you could hold, you know, the guy's hand while he's uh, putting it in. Steamboat sold the abdominal stretch amazing, too. He was, like, dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, um, I, I love Steamboat selling so much. He's so great at it. It's just great. Like, he just looks like just beat. He's not, like, overdoing it or just doing that weird concussion face shit that's popular now where people try to make a concussion face. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just looks really natural like he's just really tired and he's in pain well remember when uh fucking uh shane mcmahon remember when uh kevin owens like power slammed him onto like the cherry picker and he made yeah. that noise he was like <laughs> shane mcmahon when he has a match now it seems like he's gonna die in it every time <laughs> like i don't remember what match it was but like it might have been the kevin owens match he like did something and he was just like coughing like he was just gonna vomit or some shit <laughs> oh god but um yeah the finish of this match is like shit kind of breaks down outside because mm-hmm. steamboat starts hurt pillman's leg and then he puts him in a figure four then austin breaks it up and he tries to set ricky up for brian but brian hits austin and he's like oh no like he does an elbow drop and hits austin and then he's like Oh shit! And then Steamboat rolls him up, and he wins. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Ah, there it is." And it was a good match, and it was a master class in selling and heel psychology. I gave it an eight point five out of ten. I gave it a seven point twenty five out of ten. Okay, I enjoyed it. It was, it was good. It was, it was really good. And that's um, where they—that's where they ended pretty much. And I—I I thought that was a good way to end it on that match. Yeah, uh, it's kind of weird though because you don't see them fight. At Super Brawl, but I guess we'll see them down the road, I guess. Basically. I guess they're milking that, yeah. They're kind of like trying to milk that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your overall thoughts of this show? I, I, I had some weak ones, but the promos uh, I thought were really good. I think the promos were really strong in this one. Um, because you had Vader, you had Sting, you had Barry Windham. Uh, Max Payne kind of did an okay promo. Uh, made us look forward to what he was going to show for Super Bowl of this yeah. 
lady with curves, apparently. Uh, uh, and then the lumberjack match is what kind of sold me. Oh, and I forgot Paul Orndorff with his little frog in, uh, dissection thing that he did. Yeah. I, get, I gave this a, a 6.95 out of 10. Hmm. I thought it was a little bit underwhelming for a go, go-home show. Really? Overall. Yeah, well, it was like it was a lot of squash matches and just weird matches that didn't really add up to anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, like, the promos were good. Like, the things I liked the most was the Vader squash, the Barry interview, and the main event. Mm-hmm. Paul Ordor's promo was okay. And, you know, like, that that was fine. And, um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, most of the show, to me, was a little bit of a drag because of some of the shit that... It was mostly the matches they were doing. I could have done without... Wrecking Crew versus fucking J Man and Z Gun. That match in the (laughs) Z Gun. (laughs) That match in the opening match were like kind of a drag. Yeah. They they could have put like I don't know Chris Benoit with somebody. No, they can't do that. They have to say somebody is in singles competition. (laughs) I gave it a five point seven five out of ten. Those it was an okay show. Okay. Now to Super Brawl 3. Super Brawl. So, Uncle Eric kind of... Well, they kind of open it up with, like, the showing of uh, Vader whipping fucking Stang and shit. Kind of showing... Kind of... What I really like about the show is that they did these, like, little vignette kind of thing to gear you up for the White Castle of Fear. I thought that was weird. It's like they interspersed different parts of that segment throughout the whole show. It would just be like really short clips of it, like 10 to 15 seconds. Yeah. I'm just like, why are they doing that? Like, I guess it did help to make you think of, oh man, the strap match. Mm -hmm. But but I just thought it was like a little odd. So Eric Bischoff and his blonde bitch, I forgot her name. Missy Hyatt. Missy Hyatt. She Uh, looks pretty good. Yeah, she did. She, <laughs> she filled that dress really well. Uh, so, what's did did they just want to put Johnny B. Bad in it? Just because? yeah, Johnny B. Bad's the host, brother. Oh, okay. That's that, that's what I thought of immediately. Like, oh, he's like in the host role, like that they always do for like WrestleMania or some shit. Mm-hmm. Before that became a thing. <laughs> um, and then Uncle Eric informs us that Ron Simmons can't compete against Dustin, and I get mad. And then he gets replaced by Max Payne, and I'm like, oh. Why? <laughs> Do you know why? Is that they just wanted to replace him? Was he getting pissed at WCW? Was he moving to WWF or something? I don't know. Like, uh, they, they reference his shoulder injury again. I'm like, I'm like, but he had that squash match a couple weeks back where he just fucking destroyed that guy, and it was awesome. Maybe he messed up his shoulder destroying him. He just headbutted the fuck out of him, though. <laughs> <laughs> But, no, I don't think Ron Simmons goes to WWF until, like, um, late 94, I want to say. Okay. I could could be wrong about that, but I feel like that's when he goes. So our commentary team is Tony Schiavone and uh, Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. So is he mayor, by the way? Because they reference mayor a lot. He might have been. I, like, I, I didn't look that up. I know he was governor later. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but uh, he yeah, he might have been mayor of like I don't know Minneapolis or fucking something. For all um, I know, Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, I was like, okay, this is an odd pairing. And as the show goes on, uh, my feeling doesn't change that much. Yeah, it's they didn't really work together. Um, I wish it was kind of Jim Ross and uh, Jesse. But... Yeah, they worked pretty good, pretty well together, I thought. But JR might be leaving because I was like, where's JR? And I'm like, oh, he might be WWF bound about now, maybe. Maybe. But anyway. Yeah. No, no, what were you going to say? I was going to say Max Payne plays the national anthem on his guitar. <laughs> Which is really surprising. Uh, I, I wrote to you on Facebook. I said, what the fuck? Because the, only, <laughs> the reason why I said what the fuck is because the whole gimmick is like he's this weird Undertaker-like person. And now he's like doing guitar. He's the punker taker. Yeah, the punker taker. <laughs> he's more like a metalhead guy, I think, is like what they're going for. Uh huh. Because he did like Megadeth lyrics in like one of his promos. But um, yeah, I'm like, okay, he plays the guitar. It's like, all right, that adds some kind of wrinkle to his 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 persona now, at least. Hmm. So it's like, okay, so he's like a Hessian. He's like a fucking metalhead, like an old-school metalhead from, like, the 80s or early 90s. Like, all right, I guess. I digged it. Yeah, it was cool. It was a good, it was a good rendition of the National Anthem. So that happened, and then we just go straight into our first match. <laughs> Marcus Alexander Bagwell. There it is. And, and your favorite wrestler, Eric Watts. Eric Watts versus the Hollywood Blondes, which is pretty much stunning Steve Austin and Flying Brian. Yeah. Um, Eric Watts was sloppy in this match. He was a little bit, but, uh, uh, like, I'll defend him a little bit here. Um, let's see. I noticed I, I wrote like, Brian and Austin finally have the matching ring gear. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed the heels are more over than them. Yeah, <laughs> they were way more over than that team. <laughs> They're like Austin, Austin. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see how do they start out. They do a top wrist lock deal, and then Marcus Alexander Bagwell overpowers Austin a few times. Mm-hmm. And then Austin does a clean break in the corner, and Mab clocks him with. And then Austin takes a crazy ass bump through the ropes. <laughs> he like he like did a crazy heel bump. Like he like flew backwards, bounced in between the ropes, and flopped out. It was crazy. Yeah, and like, then oversold that. And then Bagwell was like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. And then it was like, "Boo!" <laughs> After all that, um, every and then Eric came in the ring, and then every time he gets in the ring, they boo him loudly. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point that Jesse says, "Why is it every time Eric Watts comes in the ring, they boo?" <laughs> <laughs> and then Tony tries to say, "Maybe they're not booing. Maybe they're saying ooh." I'm like, that was weak. <laughs> yeah, that's like saying John Cena is controversial. I'm like, what the fuck does he do that's controversial other than the fact that he wins all the time? <laughs> Eric Watts looks weird. Like even his like his trunks is like. All the way up to his like belly, and I don't. You're know right. 
you're, you're very right about that. He has an odd appearance. He has like those really old school trunks, like the seventies, mm-hmm. sixties style trunks. And he has like really tiny print on it that says Watts. Like we don't know who the fuck he is. And he has a weak ass fucking drop kick. I don't like his drop he does. kick. Yeah, he does like the low style drop kick. Like if you can't jump, that's like the kind of drop kick you do. King does that kind of drop kick. I don't think it's I don't think it's because he can't jump. I think he's afraid to jump. I think he's afraid <laughs> of heights, so he just does like low drop kicks. Why do you think he's afraid of heights? Because he's Eric Watts. I think he's a pussy. Like he's not a pussy though. He beat Art Anderson's ass at a gas station. Ah, uh... <laughs> but no, like. Uh, what was like like he's he's like really tall and lanky though, but he doesn't really have that much definition, mm-hmm. and it's just he's just weird. Like I was sitting there trying to think while I, while I was watching him work, and I'm like, what's his advantage? Like, what is his primary attribute as a wrestler? Like, I was really breaking this down and thinking about it, and I'm like, it's not strength. He's tall, but he doesn't really use his leverage advantage because he usually does ground based mat wrestling shit. He's not a techni- technician. Not really. Like they try to sell it like he is, mm-hmm. and he's not especially fast, and he doesn't do high flying because maybe you're right. Maybe he's scared of heights. <laughs> so maybe he's not he... a brawler. <laughs> so what the fuck is he? He's uh, fucking Eric Watts. <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, Pillman gets in and he puts fucking Eric Watts in a no Eric Watts. Ah, excuse me, puts Austin in a Boston Crab and he breaks it up and they get cheered. The fucking heels get cheered for cheating. <laughs> and then he fakes a knee injury when he gets in and he gets advantage and they try to dive on Eric outside, but he hits the railing instead for like a hilarious oversell. Yeah. Like Brian, like he hits his throat on the railing and just does like this salute thing and he falls over. <laughs> Yeah, that was a very Ric Flair sell to me, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, and then Eric Watts takes a nasty spill on the outside. They do a double reverse elbow, and he fucking flops out of there. And he's just dead. Did you see uh, Stone Cold or Stunning Steve Austin, like, actually kick fucking Eric Watts in the face? Did you see that? I missed that. No, I I must have missed that. I like the part where every time uh, he went out of the ring to, like, beat up Eric Watts. Like, every time Eric Watts got up, he, like, scoop slammed him back onto the ground. And then he would go back into the the ring. <laughs> he just kept on fucking with him. But before he did that, like, he, he fucking boots him in the face. And it looked like it connected. I was like, oof. There might have been some miscommunication there. Maybe he wasn't listening and he just made him listen. <laughs> that that or maybe he got hurt and maybe that's how Stone Cold was dealing with it. Just like give him a break and then come back in and like scoop slam him and stuff. I don't know. Austin takes another great bump here later when he's controlling the match and he, he goes for that. You know that rope attack thing Austin does where he just he, he chokes a guy on the bot on the middle rope and then he mm. runs and then he goes to jump on him. Mm-hmm. He he misses. And just totally bounces off. And I was like, I didn't expect him to get that much bounce off of that. <laughs> yeah. He does like a backflip and rolls around. I do like the part where they kept on keeping Eric Watts out of the, uh, out of the way to get tagged. And then, uh, you know, obviously when Austin uh, tags in Brian Pillman and then Eric Watts tags in fucking uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Uh, you, I love how Brian Pillman gets like scared. He's like, no, no. 
yeah, I love that. He's like, no, I start trying to beg him off. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he's trying to do like a baby face comeback thing. Yeah. And then, like, he does like a fisherman suplex on Brian and he does a bridge. And I, I don't know if that's his finisher. I don't know what his finisher is right now. It might be that the way they're acting, but Austin gets on the top rope and he hits one of his signature elbow drops, and then he, he elbow drops him on the stomach, <laughs> and then Brian just rolls up real quick and pins him. And I was like, "Yes, that was a great finish." I, I really want to say because I'm not saying this because I hate Eric Watts, but I probably am saying it because I hate Eric Watts. But he has one of the weakest Boston crabs I ever saw in my entire life to the point where Jesse Ventura is like, "You got to put more back into it." Yeah, I did notice that. It was weird. It's like he wouldn't sit down. Mm-hmm. It was this thing because that's a, that goes back to what I was saying. He's like real tall, and so it makes it kind of awkward. Yeah, and I guess he just didn't really know how to put that on. But uh, whatever. <laughs> I love this finish though. I'm like, oh, a simple thing like that. Austin interferes and does a top rope bell drop, like to a really vulnerable guy. Like he's in a position where that could really fuck somebody up. Mm-hmm. And he, they got the pin off that. What'd you give it? I gave it a 6.75 out of 10. And here's I, why. It's not bad. It's pretty good, actually. Here's my thing. This was like a nothing match. Like, we were going into this, and I was like, why the fuck are they fighting these guys? Mm-hmm. I'm like, these guys are number one contenders. What's going on? And then, like, I think it's Eric Watts. I don't really – he's not that great, but, like, I don't hate him. And Marcus Alexander Bagwell is like a rookie. I I wrote the, I, I gave it the same score, but I wrote down um, made the Hollywood Blondes look good because they won, and they made yeah. Marcus Alexander Bagwell look good because he looked stronger than Eric Watts. Surprisingly, he did. They they gave him a little bit more stuff to do in this, and I just said like really they they got this match over. Like Brian and Austin got it over. They worked their asses off to make this work. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Um. Do you want to talk about the Ric Flair segment real quick? Yeah. So, what, what's that chick's name again? Missy Hyatt. She's got she's got exclusive interview rights to interview Rick when he pulls up. <laughs> he pulls up in a limousine, and there's police officers, and there's like FBI agents uh, or security with like headphones and shit uh, escorting Ric Flair to the ring. Uh, and all I could think of is like. Why? And I get it because it's Ric Flair, but still I ask why he needs an escort like that. Because he's Ric Flair. <laughs> I I just like how he gets out of the car. Woo! Woo! And, it, and then they just, his entourage goes with him. He's got two women with him, too. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of that, though, was like Missy Hyatt was like all ready to interview. And she's like, oh, my God, that's such a big limousine. And then she's like, she's like primping herself and get ready to go over there. And she's like. Mr. Flair, Mr. Flair. Then the security people grab her and just start frisking her. <laughs> and she's like, usually I'm getting kissed if this is happening to me. She's like freaking out. It's kind of funny. You know what I wanted to happen so bad? And this is going to be, this is going to sound really bad, but I, because it's the fucking 90s and we don't care about social social justice, I just wanted a dude to be like, come up there and like frisk her, a dude cop. Like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what was happening. It was a male security guy. Well, he he grabbed her, and then the female cop uh, searched her uh, dress. Was that a female cop? I thought it was a guy. It was a 
dyke, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I thought it was a dude. I just I was I guess I was too busy looking at Missy. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I I did write something weird about this though. I'm like, wait, like don't they know that she works there? No, because the other girls were red red dresses, I guess, and I don't know. Maybe she was infiltrating. Maybe she had a mic. She had a microphone. This is like they have credentials. She's like, they're going to charge me for this if you break it. Like, just... <laughs> I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe they were like Secret Service and they thought it was like a fucking gun or something. I don't. It was know. an assassin. She was going to fucking assassinate him. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought that was funny. I don't know. Yeah. All right, two cold Scorpio versus my uncle Chris Benoit. I, I put Uncle Chris versus two cold Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I have to note real fast. They cut back to the crowd, like to Jesse and Tony, like right before this match starts, and the crowd's going nuts. Mm-hmm. They're chanting for Ric Flair, and it's like, wow, yeah, he's he's fucking. It's like welcome back. By the way, note to AEW and WWE: that's how you put somebody over. You don't need to show them on Raw or SmackDown or Dynamite. Save it. Save it for a pay-per-view where you get a moment, which we will see later when it's Barry Wyndham versus the Great Muda. Here's the thing about this. Um, The whole time, like this whole month, basically, and kind of like the month before, like the end of January, they're kind of teasing. Will Ric Flair come back to WCW? But that's all they say. Mm -hmm. They don't confirm he's coming back. Like they have, they they referenced the little hotline thing, the nine hundred number you can call and fucking jack your parents' phone bill up, and they yell at you. Yeah, <laughs> to get the hot insider tips and shit. And but they never once ever come out and say Ric Flair is confirmed to be back at WCW. They don't even show him. Mm-hmm. He just shows up at Super Brawl, and that's awesome. And you know what they did? Like it, fucking AEW just fucked this up. They they show like bunch of weird vignettes with with pack how he's like going crazy in quarantine in fucking england or something <laughs> yeah like for weeks and then finally he, it's back the balance of power and wrestling has changed by the way the triangle what? stable is back i don't know if you noticed i figured that's what was going on um but i'm like you guys like should have just fucking not said a word and then pack just shows up that would have been a bigger deal mm-hmm and Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I wrote, goddamn, Too Cold Scorpio could wrestle, dude. Yeah, when I watched this match, this was like a real eye opener because to me, so far, this is like the best match he had. Because mm-hmm. he had a match with Barry Windham, and I thought, okay, that that's gonna be a really good match, but I think that was like a style clash thing. Yeah, and it just it didn't really work out because their styles didn't mesh very well. I think these um, styles match because Chris Benoit, he could, you know, he could run. I mean, he could, he's agile. He could do some top rope stuff. Uh, so this was, I think this was a good pairing. And especially with Chris Benoit, you know, with the energy that he has and the work that he does. Uh, fucking amazing. I, I think Chris Benoit brought the best out of Too Cold, in my opinion. Another thing I thought was interesting during this match was uh, I noticed Too Cold Scorpio was getting booed at first for a while. Yeah, because they, for some strange, I mean, not for some strange reason, we all know Chris Benoit's good, but, like, he's really good. Like, he showed off during the other Saturday nights, so 
I think this, you know, people were fans of him. I, there was actually a, a sign I forgot. It was like Canadian brother here or something like that. I don't know. I think there was. I think. Con- I, I was gonna say I think the deal is is it's this crowd because they're in like they're in Asheville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and traditionally, like at this point in time, like the way the crowd is in that region. It seemed to me like every from everything I could learn is that they were they just really appreciated good wrestling, mm-hmm. so like they knew already Chris Benoit was like an excellent wrestler, and they they really appreciated the Hollywood Blondes. Like he's like those guys can work; they need to get a push, so they really liked them too. Um, compared to Eric Watts, <laughs> I re- I wrote this down. So Two Cold Scorpio like wrapped. Chris Ben is it was kind of like an arm bar kind of thing but he wrapped Chris's uh arm around his ankle and like Two Cold Scorpio like stood up and twisted his arm I I thought and it would have he fell back it's kind of like an arm death lock Yeah I thought what he was going to do when he like set him up that I thought he was going to start dancing but he didn't. He didn't, and I was surprised about that. I was like, fuck, I guess this is serious, Two Gold Scorpio. You forget, this is not WWE in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was, yeah, he would just dance all the time. Of course, later on, when he wasn't WWF and he was Flash Funk, that was his gimmick. <laughs> he just danced. But, um, yeah, uh, Scorpio was doing some like holds, and he was working the arm for a while, and I love like how Fucking Jesse was referencing Stu Hart's basement. Mm-hmm. The, the legend of Stu Hart's basement. I, I love that. Because um, Chris Benoit came from the dungeon. I think everybody that's like a real wrestling fan knows that. No, it's it's deleted. Nobody knows Chris Benoit anymore since he killed his family. Well, they know about the dungeon, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love this part where they do some... Scorpio does some sick-ass acrobatic drop-down leapfrog shit. Yep. Like he just ju- he just jumps down, gets up, s- jumps over him and spins, turns around and does like a fucking Japanese arm drag. <laughs> it's like what the shit? Like that was crazy. And then they do like a knuckle lock test of strength sequence that's fucking sick where they keep doing like monkey flips to each other and they can't get out of it. Like Chris Benoit put his whole fucking body on him and told two cold Scorpio wouldn't go down. Yeah. And they're just doing the junior heavyweight style wrestling at this point, basically the, the mm. Japanese style. Yep. Um, let's see. I noticed during this match, it stood out most here that Jess and Tony just have no charisma or not charisma. They have no chemistry. Yes. It's just not working. Cause I feel like, like, like Jesse's whole shtick is he's, he's more mean than Bobby Heenan is. Mm-hmm. He'll say mean shit to the other guy or, like, just say really disparaging shit about the, the babyface wrestler or something. And it just seems like Tony has no rebuttal to that. It's like he just doesn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, like Jim Ross, he, like, he'll say something back. He'll, like, fire back a little bit. to the yeah. enough, to, enough to be like, you're, you're a stupid Jim Ross or something like that. And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. It's like, yeah, uh, whatever. It's like, well, that remains to be seen or something like that. He's kind of like Gorilla Monsoon a little bit at that point. Mm-hmm. In that way, whereas like later on, it's like he'll get fucking mad and he'll start yelling at you if you push him enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Jeez, what else? Um, the Benoit gets control a little bit. He does some submissions. He hits a top rope back suplex, which is crazy. Yeah, I wrote. I always like that move. Uh, and Benoit hurt himself on the fall. Like I don't think he really did. Like I think he was just selling. Mm-hmm. And he sells it through offense, which is great. Um, this fucking sequence was sick too. Like Scorpio hits an Enzigiri, and then he fakes Benoit out with some crescent kicks that he dodges, and then he just clotheslines him on the third one. Mm-hmm. And then he does the twist splash, which he did finish somebody with on Saturday night, and Benoit kicked out of it. And then everybody was like, "Oh, they must have saw Saturday night." That's <laughs> mm-hmm. he braced for that brother. Yeah. And then they do this near fall pin combo sequence where they keep reversing each other with pins. And then Scorpio gets the win with like one second to spare. The time, the 15 minute time limit ran out. Yeah. That's the one where uh, Jesse Ventura is like, he ran out of time. And he's like, no, right. Yeah. Like Ben was like, no time. And then he's like, nope, he got, he got you. There was one second left brother. And Scorpio was like, yeah, I was really surprised about this outcome, by the way. I, I, I would think that Chris Benoit would go over. But... I was, like, you know, like, I, I didn't mind it, though. I thought it was a good finish. Oh, no, yeah, no, definitely. I thought this was, like, a great match. But, like, it was very odd to see, like, two cold Scorpio win against Chris Benoit. But, hey, maybe they're pushing too cold a little bit. Maybe he's moving up in the ranks, brother. This might be a thing, too, where I feel like they'll have a rubber match because... He feels like you got fucking lucky. They'll do like a no time limit match on Saturday night or something, mm-hmm. uh, which I I would love to watch. And the, well, here's the other thing that's really great about this: this had a 15 minute time limit. They had this really good match within 15 minutes. Yep. It didn't have to be fucking 20 minutes or 30 minutes. <laughs> and it wasn't finisher, 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 finisher. No, like Benoit tried to do his finisher, but he couldn't get it. Because it was in that that finishing sequence, yep. And then Too Cold didn't do his real finisher. He didn't hit the four fifty, <laughs> so he, he his finisher was protected. So what'd I you g- score it though? I gave it a seven point two out of ten. Oh, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Oh shit! <laughs> I just really liked the the they were just on it, man. Like they they were like in the zone. And I mm-hmm. felt like they were really compatible, like their styles was and shit. And I was like, Too Cold really impressed me in this. I was like, shit, like, how come people don't remember Too Cold Scorpio? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, I kept on thinking about that last night, because when I was uh, watching this, I was like, nobody talks about Too Cold Scorpio at all. No, he's just like, kind of like memory hold. Like, occasionally you get a wrestling fan that brings him up once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's very rare, though. I guess we're going to see what happens. Maybe he just gets lost in the, the fold later. He might. I know he goes to ECW later, and then he goes to WWF, and he goes back to ECW. So Max Payne does a promo with his guitar. Yeah. Like, Eric Bischoff is, like, talking a bunch, and then Max Payne's like, are you going to let me talk? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then he's like, I got a song for Dustin, and he plays Taps. Yeah, <laughs> on his guitar, and I'm like, damn, they're pushing Max Payne really hard. Like, he's been beating guys like weekly on TV, mm-hmm. and then they give him promo time. And then they they let him open the show with the national anthem, and now he's got another segment. Hey, maybe 
I'm I'm hoping we see down the road he changes. I I I don't like his gear. I I th- I think he's all goofy. Uh, but I will say in that promo, he seemed normal. Like his hair is normal. It wasn't all poofy, <laughs> poofy and then shit. It seemed like less crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so the surprise, Wild Bill Irwin versus the British Bulldog. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it was great. Hey, this is another thing they kept saying on the hotline through the last couple months. Is is Davy Boy Smith? Coming to WCW, they don't say he is. Mm-hmm. And he's not been on WWF TV. He's been gone for a little while, I think, now. Um, but surprise, David Boy Smith is here. <laughs> and they just so happen to be doing a European tour soon. <laughs> um, I, I've never seen this wild Bill Irwin guy, but I kind of like him. <laughs> he comes out, he's like cracking a whip and shit. And he's like kind of crazy looking and his ring gear is kind of cool. Like it's a guy in jeans, but he has like those weird boot things over his jeans and he wears a bandana. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know why I just like this guy. He's just got an interesting look and he goes all in with that fucking whip thing. Yep. (laughs) But Davey boys over in this match. Oh yeah, dude. Like I love British Bulldog. Yeah. I got a soft spot for him. Mm Mm-hmm. His son has like similar uh, shape, like body and stuff, and like actual uh, moves. That he, he, pretty much him and Brian Pillman Jr. stole their dad's gimmick. Why not? It's, yeah. He's got a built-in gimmick. <laughs> yep. So, what do you think of the, think of the match in general? I, I obviously this was kind of a squash, right? No, I wouldn't. I would not classify this as a squash. Really? Because Wild Bill took control of the match for a little while. Okay. You gotta think. You gotta, you gotta think, because like it wasn't like when um, what's his face, the Mullet Man. I already forgot his name. Keith Cole. He just got a couple headlocks for a while, mm-hmm. and he just kind of momentarily stopped Max Payne. But Wild Bill Irwin did gain control, and British Bulldogs sold for him for like a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was. Kind of like a competitive match, but in the end, he beat him. So he came from WWF to WCW. What was the fallout I, there? I don't really know. I don't remember. I read Brett's book, and I think that was forever ago, though, back when it was new. I think there was some kind of dispute about something. It might have been pay. They might have got pissed at him for something, something like that. And he just was like, well, fuck, fuck you guys. And he just fucking left. <laughs> Went to WCW. I still think it's weird that, like, he was in WCW for a little while. It feels odd because, to me, British Bulldog is, like, synonymous with WWF. Well, I thought about this with Ric Flair. I'm like, so he was with WWF. No, he was with WCW, then went to WWF, then came back to WCW, then went back to WWF. Uh, Remember that that, uh, when he was, like, half of the company, him and Vince and shit? That was like way later, though. Yeah, but it's still within the nineties, though. Like, yeah, well, he he had like a really brief stint in WWF. He was just there for like a year, I think, like a mm. year, almost a year and a half, maybe. Bulldog was in WCW for like at least, I want to say, almost two years mm-hmm. before he comes back because he comes back in ninety five, I think. 
Um, anyway, though, uh, Bulldog hits a big clothesline. They crisscross, and he fucking press slams the shit out of him, and it looked great. Mm-hmm. Bulldog's strong as fuck. Um, Wild Bill gets advantage for a while, like I was saying, after struggling to beat Bulldog's strength, and he took a hilarious bump through the ropes. Like, <laughs> like Bulldog overpowered him, and then he's like, oh, shit, he, like, it's like he gets knocked off balance. He fucks up, falls through the ropes, and he bounces between the ropes, and he falls outside. <laughs> I was like, that was pretty good, actually. That was that was a good bump there. Um, Bulldog comes back. At, they do like a one-two thing where they punch each other for a bit. Mm-hmm. And he hits that delayed suplex. It's like awesome. Yeah, I love that. I, that, that was one of his staple moves throughout his career. Yeah. If he really wanted to show off, he'd hold the guy up for a while and do the hand thing, like, Come on, mm-hmm. get get some get some heat on him, and then he'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, while Bill goes for like a top rope move, but he, Bulldog just catches him and power slams him for three. Yep. Good debut. While Bill, I thought was actually pretty good. <laughs> What'd you give? Six point five out of ten. All right. Since I was stupid and thought this was a squash, I didn't give it a score, but I'll give it a live score right now. Uh, okay. I'm gonna give it. I'm going to give it a 5.75 out of 10. I, I like I, I like, I like uh, British Bulldog, but not enough to be like, this was an amazing match, you know what I mean? Oh, no, it was just to get Bulldog over. It was just like, hey, he's here, and then watch him like have this quick match. It's not quite a squash, but he does decisively beat this guy. The only thing I'll give uh, British Bulldog some shit is his stupid little beads and his fucking hair. Because every time you don't like his cornrows, (laughs) yeah. Every time he did a move, like his beads would fucking fall off and shit. It's so weird because, yeah, that's not the look I think of when I think of him. Uh, But that's like one of his best runs was when he had that look in '92. Is when he Mm -hmm. had the SummerSlam match with Brett. And that's the one they did in uh, UK, right? Yeah, Wembley Stadium, and it had, like, the biggest crowd WWF ever fucking drew. To this day, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Nice. Um, Then there's, like, these... I, I made a note about the weird White Castle of Fear cutaways. Because, mm-hmm. like, right after this match, they do one. And then we're back to a post-match promo with Bulldog. And he basically just says, I'm going to challenge for the world championship. And he see, it seems like he wants to fight Vader. Oh, I hope we get that. I think we do. I know I know we do at some point. What the match is, though, like the specifics of it, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm interested in this. <laughs> yep. Um, they bounce back to Johnny Be Bad and Missy, and Johnny is pretty good at this, this host thing. He does these cutesy little rhymes when he's talking about shit. How much spray tan do you think you put on? It like could little... be real tan. Maybe he just goes to the tanning bed. Maybe. I don't know. I I, I, I gotta start this off. <laughs> fucking amazing start to a fucking match where Paul Orndorff is running away from uh, Cactus Jack because of the shovel. Yeah! I love that, how this started. Mm-hmm. Because... Because like... Sorry to cut you off. Dude. You had the promo like Eric Bischoff is talking to Paul Orndorff. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, fucking guy with a shovel. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to say something, 
and then he hears like a noise and he looks off camera for a second and then you hear ah, da, ah, da. <laughs> like you just see a shovel just fly in the frame mm-hmm. and he's like chasing him out and that's how it starts cactus is chasing paul ordor with a shovel i i love it this is great <laughs> i don't understand because this is a false count anywhere match right yeah that's right and the referee like stealing the shovel is it- yeah he stole the shovel and then he kept like trying to enforce rules like like orndorf was cheating using mm-hmm. the ropes for leverage but it's like it's false count anywhere so it's not really cheating Dude, Paul Orndorff is fucking fit as fuck. Yeah, he's he's like a rock at this point. It's what's funny about that though is like he's getting older, but he's still in like the same shape. Yeah, because he probably works out like a, a fiend, like you said uh, when we talked about him. Yeah. So let's see, what do they do? They brawl outside for a while, and then Paul runs Cactus's head to the railing a few times. And he chokes him with a fucking cord. Yep. <laughs> And then Jesse and Tony have this argument about it being an electric cord. <laughs> he's like, that's, he's choking him with that electric cord. And then Tony's like, that's a camera cable. And he's like, electricity runs through it, doesn't it? And he's like, I guess so. And then he's leaving off that. Like, I, I wrote that. I said, why is this conversation happening during this match? But I also wrote, are you dumb, Jesse Ventura? Like... <laughs> They do that a few times, like where they like they argue about something trivial, and then they, they just like say whatever, and then they just stop. Because I think I my opinion of Jesse Ventura is that he did a lot of drugs, and that's why he, he like does these conspiracy shows. And I truly, <laughs> I truly think like he's really dumb because of this conversation that he threw. Like I think that's a real thing that happened. By the way, I really think he's like that electric cord, and like Tony's like what. That's a camera cable. Uh, cable. No, there's electricity that comes out of there, Tony Chaboni. Or whatever. They do, they do that in the, the, the Ben Juan Too Cold match. We're like, Tony's like, these great athletes are putting on quite the performance. And then he's like, they're wrestlers, Tony. And then <laughs> he's like, yeah, but they're athletes. And he's like, well, that's a given. Wrestlers are athletes. <laughs> like, what the what? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then Tony Tony goes, these wrestlers are doing great. <laughs> uh, so right off the bat, we start to get crazy because the mats uh, get moved and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the first time where I was like, oh, this is where McFoley starts to fuck up his body, pretty much. I think he's doing it earlier than that. Yeah, but, like, seeing it now is like, oh, wow, he's a crazy fuck. And Tony actually brings up this point that this man is uh, a crazy guy. (laughs) He's looking to get hurt. Yeah, like, if it wasn't already evident because this crazy guy just tries to attack somebody with a shovel. Mm -hmm. He, this is what he does. And this this is a, a spot he used to do quite often. He'll set a guy up outside and he'll do a sunset flip either off the apron or if he's really feeling froggy like he did here he'll do it off the second rope to to a guy it's and it's like why and i understand what you're thinking it's like why would you do that that i guess that's the point mm-hmm. <laughs> but like cactus exposed the floor 
and went to do it to Orndorff, but he missed. He, like, overshot it. And when he hit the ground, he hit the ground flat back bump style, and you heard him splat. You just, God, that felt, I felt bad <laughs> when I saw that. Mm-hmm. I was like, ugh. This is, and I read Mick Foley's book. I don't know if you've ever read any of his books. No, I want to, though. They're good. They're, they're really, really good. But, like, he starts doing this kind of shit to his body really early in his career. Like, he worked for, like, World Class in Texas for a while, back when that was still territory for a little bit. hmm And he started doing the cactus elbow there. Ugh. Yeah, which, in uh, like, he was, be, back then, according to what he was saying, he used to be able to jump really far when he would do it. Mm-hmm. So he's putting everything he can into this elbow drop. Ouch. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway... They go in the ring for a little bit and then back outside to the entrance. And then Paul flings Cactus over two railings and he takes his sick-ass bump over both of them. (laughs) And then they beat the hell out of each other for a while. And then Paul suplexes Cactus on the railing and he hits like his back hits it and his momentum flips him forward and he face plants on the concrete. I love that part. I was like... That was like great. I was like, wow, that takes a lot of skill because... I don't think you can just do that. I don't think you can just throw a man and that happens. Like, you have to plan that shit. Yeah, he must have. I think it was a calculated risk thing. Because mm-hmm. back then, guys didn't really plan their matches a lot, from what I'm told. Like, that wasn't really still a common occurrence yet. But I think it's something he may have done at some point earlier in his career, and he just knew. And there's, I doubt there's much margin for error there, because you could tell. That could very easily go wrong if he's not fast enough. Yep. <laughs> to put his hands up. <laughs> um, and then there's like, he just ru- moves him back in front of the crowd. And like, Paul's shoving his fingers down his mouth and just punching him in the fucking face in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, God damn. This to the point, Tony's like, he's punching him in the face, shoving his fingers in his mouth. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wrote like, uh, I felt bad for the uh, the camera crew because they kept or the staff in general because every time they like went into the steel uh, banisters and shit, uh, they, like they had to fix it and they like every time they just kept on throwing them into the the uh, the barriers and stuff. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Then what? Let's see what happens here. Paul work. He rips Cactus's knee brace off. Apparently, he had a knee brace the whole time, and I didn't realize it because it's black. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works his leg. He does a figure four. He rolls him outside and knee stomps him on the concrete a couple times. Mm-hmm. Gets the chair, does some chair shots, and then he even does the throat chair shot. Remember when people used to just like jam it into your throat? They quit fucking doing that shit too. I don't know are- why. Because people are pussies and they don't know how to react quick. Yeah, and speaking of reacting quick, the finish. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is like, yeah, I got him. And he starts taunting the crowd like, I'm going to power drive him. Yeah. And then, like, they start cheering. And he th- he thinks, like, he's getting cheered. So he's, like, doing the Hulk Hogan thing. Mm-hmm. And he turns around. Cactus has the shovel. And he just <laughs> swings it. And then Paul's like, fuck. And he puts his hands up, like, at the split second and just catches it out. Yeah. Pins it's him. It's a great finish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, Here's the thing about this finish. I could see why people would be like, that's it? 
because you got to think about this the whole time he got his ass kicked by Paul Orndorff. Mm-hmm. And then he just hits him with the shovel once and he pins him. It's like, I mean, well, hang on. Think, think about that. Like, it's a solid hit to the head with a foreign object. Yep. And Mick, Mick knows that he physically can't defeat Paul Orndorff, right? Right. So, that dude, so, they, they make a point of that in the match. So the only way he could do it is the dirty way with a shovel. And he's not a face. He's a, he's a tweener. Yeah, pretty much. So like, he, the crowd cheers him, but, like, the way they portray him is not. Yeah. So he could do something like that. And, uh... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it was like a, a brawl. It, there, it was a brawl most of the match until pretty much the end. Uh, but... I'm going to say 6.95 out of 10. I gave it a 7. Okay. We were and pretty close. I said it was good fun brawl. It wasn't too long. And Cactus took some hellacious bumps. And I like the finish. Yeah, and no uh, no blood, by the way. Yeah, there was no blood. I feel like this match was probably like maybe 10 minutes tops. Actually, let me, let me check that. Let me, uh, I do have a, I did write that down. 12 minutes and 17 seconds. I, well, I was just off by two. Yep. Now, we got Heavenly Bodies with Jim Cornette and the Rock and Roll Express. So, like the last match they had, I gave up on trying to write notes because all I would do is I, was like, I would pause it every 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I did that, and I w- it would take me forever just to watch that match. So I was like, I can't do this. They do too much shit too fast. Yeah, this match, and, it, it, and it's not in a bad way. Is the thing? Yeah, I I wrote down. God damn it, Jim Cornette has one of the most funniest suits ever. <laughs> that was his thing. He always wore like these really loud, obnoxious bullshit suits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll wear like a canary yellow fucking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, it was like pa- baby powder blue or something. I also heard, and I know this is like skipping around, but there's a part where uh, uh, Rock and Roll Express is beating the shit out of. Uh, God damn it, my brain is f- frying right now. I'm sorry, guys. The Heavenly Bodies, uh, and <laughs> Chip Cornette just hugs him. He's like, "What is he doing? He's, He's consul- hugging him. He's consoling him. He, yeah, Cornette's <laughs> a really emotional guy." Which I which I found funny because he is. If you think about it, in real life, he is emotional. That he, according to him, that was like just a really old heel trick they would do, where like you know it's like oh my god they hug each other and then people would boo them for that, and he says it plays off of like homophobia and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I believe that actually I can see that. Well, they were in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. They did it and they were booing him. Mm-hmm. Um. God, there was, he did a little promo before the match started, and it was funny. He basically said they were all a bunch of ugly fucking redneck people. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then like, he introduced everybody. He's like, beautiful Bobby, fucking sweet Stan, and the doctor of love, Tom Pritchard. And I'm like, yeah, that's what he's the doctor of. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's always Dr. Tom, and I didn't know why. 
And by the way, Dr. Tom is excellent. Yes. Like, I never really saw him wrestle that much before. Like, the first time was, like, honestly, like, I saw they had a match at SummerSlam, but I don't remember it. Uh, they have a, they have a match with the Steiners actually while they're still there. Oh really? Yeah, it's like in '94. Uh, but I don't remember that match. So the first time I really saw him and it registered was like in the Saturday Night Show we did. But in here, like everything he's doing is like really good. All of his punches are good. The stuff, just the stuff he does in general. I just want to say. I'm so glad that we got this match instead of Wrecking Crew versus Rock and Roll Express, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think they were really setting that up. I think they were just saying, like, oh, Wrecking Crew, because Rock and Roll Express is, they're contracted under Jim Cornette right now. Mm-hmm. So that, this was, I think this was always going to happen. Question, um, did Jim Cornette start hating Eric Bischoff at this time? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um jeez, I they did so much stuff in this match. It was just cool. It wasn't just stereotypical tag team wrestling. Like here this was something I noticed. When's the last time you ever saw a team do an illegal tag? In this one? Just at, no, just in general, like in modern modern period wrestling. A lot. Illegal. They, they they get away with it though. Oh no! I, I... You see, see uh, they don't do that anymore. Like they the Stan and Tom switched places. They did an illegal tag, mm-hmm. and they got away with it. Like it just the the referee just was like, I guess he tagged. <laughs> well, there's times that you know because I I watch the referees a lot. And always, I notice when like a, ta- a when the tag happens, they go like that. Yeah, they do the slap. That's an old trick. They used to do that, and then they switch places. And he tried to argue for it for a bit. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I didn't see you tag. He's like, we tagged, man. You heard the slap, man. Yeah." And then he's like, "All right," and they do it. They don't do that shit anymore. Mm-mm. They always be like, "Oh, you didn't tag him." He's like, "God damn it! I guess you're right." And then they go back to the corner. <laughs> like what the fuck are you guys heels or not like um they plus a lot of the cool spots they did together which was like just stuff where it was like you know how we always harp on people getting into position to do a spot mm-hmm. they do a lot of stuff like that but it doesn't look like anybody gets into position it's like there was like i forget who's doing it somebody was atomic dropping dr tom and then he aimed him towards his corner when he did it. And then he ba- he ju- bounced off, and then Stan was getting ready to come in, and he headbutts Stan when he's trying to come in. He's like, wham, and they collide, and he they both bump really funny and fall off. Just stuff like that happens, like, several times in this match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I want to point out, and I think you're probably going to hate it. Uh Okay. And I'm not saying this is good, but I definitely see where the young bucks like get their stuff from Rock and Roll Express with the get up, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean like you can make an argue it's them or it's the rockers. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my thing. I don't believe the young bucks ever watched the fucking rock and roll express. Uh-uh. <laughs> I like I I think they saw the rockers and was like, and the rockers are just kind of a rip off of the rock and roll express. 
it's like the WWF version of that, basically. Mm-hmm. It, but like they can make all these claims, like oh, all these great tag teams, blah, 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 but they don't wrestle like they watch great tag team wrestling <laughs> at all. <laughs> I uh, sorry, like I, I I was reading my notes and I saw that I like when Ricky Morton was running the ropes with the I, I don't know the guy's names and heavenly bodies. And then all of a sudden, he just gets out of the bottom rope and starts chasing Jim Cornette. <laughs> it was Stan. It was, <laughs> they set him up to do a crisscross thing, and they kept running past each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just slides out and hits Cornette, and then Stan keeps running. <laughs> it's like he doesn't realize, oh, shit, he's, like, gone. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> laughed my ass off of that. I, I love how they insert – They see, I love when they insert comedy, but it's, like – not intentional you know what i mean like, it's like making the heels look foolish is what it is it's not like ha, ah, this is so funny wrestling is fake mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna put my hands in my pocket bullshit yeah it was like stan lane looked stupid they, they outsmarted stan lane that was the point and then mm-hmm. they made dr tom headbutt stan and it was funny <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that corny took some bumps too yeah I he, did like, he, he got punched or some shit, and he was like, oh, like he was like selling it like crazy. And then Tony's like, God, he knocked the hell out of Cordette. And he's like, well, he's not a wrestler. How would you <laughs> feel if you got punched? <laughs> I was waiting for him to go, he's not an athlete. What are you talking about? He's not, a, he's not, a, he's not an athlete. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. There was a lot of shit that was happening in this match. And again... Like on WCW Saturday Night, um, they told a story in that one, and they're telling the story in this one as well. Uh, you, I, I, I think it looks like Jim Cornette booked this whole match. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's what went on. Yeah, because uh, I remember him talking about this time when he was doing this, where they kind of had a working relationship with WCW a little bit there when Bill Watts was there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And, yeah, he said that he basically agented this match, so to speak. So, Stan yeah. Does a, Stan does a, does a sweet uh, neck breaker, a swinging one. He also does a sweet karate kick. Yeah. <laughs> he actually does a karate kick, though. Yeah. <laughs> not like, it's not the Z-Man. No, yeah, not Z-Man's fucking karate kick shit. Um, This is a great match. And I said, people should watch this. I gave like, it. People are like, oh, tag team. Duh, I'm the greatest tag team. No, watch this. Watch this match. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it 8.25 out of 10. Sweet. <clears throat> what do we got so now? Max Payne versus Dustin Rhodes for the United States title. Mm. We mm. could have. We could have had we could have had a better match with Ron Simmons. Yeah. I got more mad that we I didn't get to see Ron Simmons after this match. I was like, God damn it! I wanted to see Ron Simmons <laughs> like really bad after that squash. I wrote down I really like Max Payne's jacket. That's kind of cool. I thought it was funny that that uh, fucking Jesse was making fun of his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "You better be a tough guy to wear something like that." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what what do you have to say about this one? Uh, 
Dustin carried this match from beginning to end. As best he could. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I didn't... Li- like, I understand that Max Payne was trying to slow Dustin because Dustin has more of an upbeat and energy and in-your-face kind of stuff. I'll give it Max Payne did some nice eye rakes, which I liked, because uh, I think more heels need to do more eye rakes. Thumb to the eye. Thumb to the eye. It's it's a fucking good move. It yeah, makes your opponent not see anymore. Uh, I didn't like Max Payne's fucking arm drag. His arm drag was weak. Every time he did it, he just got countered by fucking Dustin into his submission. Uh, it's, he looked sloppy, uh, and I don't under, I don't understand why they're pushing Max Payne. That's my opinion. Yeah, after this match, I don't, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, so like he cheap shots him, and Dustin gets mad and fires up, and that just like fucks him up totally. Is like what they're trying to say. Because mm-hmm. he just starts punching the shit out of him. He's like, come on! And he fucking rolls out, and he's like, oh shit! And they're like, Max Payne's never rolled out before, and they do that bit three more times. Yeah. He just rolls out a lot. And he, Dustin controls the match for a while until Max Payne does this Irish whip thing and he yanks him. Mm-hmm. And it causes Dustin to, like, face plant. And I'm like, that was kind of a cool move. You think, um, Mac, you think Max Payne was gassed in this match? No. I don't no. think so. He didn't seem like it. I, I don't know what it is. But I said, at some point, I just gave up on this match. <laughs> and I was like, Dustin is trying but Max Payne is just lackluster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this match really exposed him. And then when they when he went on offense, it just sucked. What's it's the... like he just didn't do anything impressive. Yeah, it was just. I I don't know what to say. I like. I I I don't understand why they put him in this spot. Maybe this was a test run. Maybe you think they're just like, let's see how he does in the big show. Because this is when, you know, pay-per-views were, you had to earn your spot to be on the card. It's not like you were just, you're on a roster, brother. That means you're going to get show, some showtime in the pre-show and on the actual show. It's either oh. it's either you're going to be doing some TV and no pay-per-view or just no TV at all. And you're just doing house shows. Um, That's right. So, this one, I... This this was really bad, and I I think this probably will hurt him unless they still want to push him, but he he needs to change. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't really like the finish was kind of lame too because that was the other thing too. They did like a non finish, mm-hmm. and the thing was what they did afterwards. I don't think did him any favors because it's like they they tried to come up with a way. I feel like to where like he could get out of the match without hurting his credibility. Yeah. So he cheated. He grabbed the ref's shirt while Dustin had him in an abdominal stretch and pulled him into them. And the ref was like, nope, he fucking hit me, DQ. He lost. Mm-hmm. So, but after that, he goes to beat Dustin down like post-match. He hits him with a shoulder breaker and everything, and Dustin just gets up and just beats him. <laughs> and he runs away. And I'm like, what? So, like, if the whole idea of that was to get him out of, like, being decisively beat, you let Dustin beat him up and run him off. Yeah. I'm like, it didn't help him. And 
I go, I do like a little mini rant here where I'm like, so Max, Max Payne basically sucked and he's dead. <laughs> and I wanted Ron Simmons. I wanted, then, yeah, I, I wanted that match too. And then this is what else I have to say because this was all I could think about while I was watching this match was like they spent two months building this guy up and talking about how he's a three time state amateur wrestling champion. <laughs> and his offense never consists of amateur wrestling moves or anything like that. And Dustin out wrestles him the entire match. Yep. What the fuck is that? Like, usually when they say, well, that guy was a wrestler, an amateur wrestler, like the Steiner brothers or like fucking, um, who else? Bill Watts, fucking, uh, people like that. Kurt Angle. You know what they do? They do amateur wrestling shit or just stuff that looks like that. It makes you think that's what they're doing. <laughs> nope. I suck. I, 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 I gotta admit, Eric Watts probably did better, would do better in this match against Dustin than Max Payne. Yeah. I was like, I'm just down on this guy now. I'm just like, I don't I don't want to fucking see this guy again <laughs> almost. Yeah. I'm like at that point. I gave it a 4.5 out of 10, and that's just because Dustin was in it. If he wasn't in it, this would have been even worse. I gave it a 4 out of 10. Yeah. And I would have given it a 3 if Dustin wasn't in it. I don't know what I would have gave it if he wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ric Flair is back. Woo! He comes out, and everybody's like, yeah. He's got his fucking security team and shit. Mm-hmm. And he does a little promo where he basically just says, I'm back, brother. Woo. And he's going to be on commentary for this match. Yeah, which is interesting because he's like, I'm here for my title. You know, I never lost. That, that I never lost. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I thought this was great having Ric Flair because, you know, in the uh, promo with Barry Windham, the other uh, show, they kind of like sell it there. They're like, what do you guys, what do you think about Ric Flair? He's like, I don't want to talk about him. And then now he's like on the side watching Barry Windham versus Muda. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say Muda's fucking great. I love them in this match. Yeah, I, I like Muda. Like when I saw him, like even just him in his entrance get up, I'm like, God damn it, great Muda is so cool. Yep. <laughs> it just, he doesn't even have to do anything. He just stands there. Mm-hmm. And but, you know that the old NWA title looks fucking cool. Yeah, the big gold belt. Now, mm-hmm. that, that's not like that's not the one everybody usually thinks of when you say that. But um, no, no, I know because that's like it, during that time that's the new one, right? Yeah, that's they 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 changed it to that to like update it, I guess. And um, something happens here within the next year or so where like uh, the WCW left the NWA. So they had to like stop using that belt. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how they came up with the one Vader has right now. And something happens where they have a match where they basically unify them or something. Okay. That's coming up soon. Um, I want to bring this up. So hold on, let me bring it up real quick. So uh, Ken Shamrock Shamrock is a, uh, what do you call it, NWA champion. Ron Killings is an NWA championship. Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, 
Samoa Joe is an NWA heavyweight champion. Yeah. He won it in TNA when they did the whole uh, thing. Cole Cabana. Um, Adam Pierce, who's now in WWE. He's like that authority figure. Uh, never knew Terry Funk was an NWA champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like in the 70s, I think, when that happened. Yeah, so it, it's really interesting about the list. A lot oh, of good- yeah, a lot. A lot of great people held it at some point. Mm-hmm. Barry Windham looks fucking amazing in this match. Uh, you could tell he was really serious in this match. I don't know if that uh, showed on your uh, your eyeballs. <laughs> um, I kind of picked up on that, yeah. Uh, you could tell he wanted to put Muda down, not as death, but like, off the belt because he was embarrassed in uh, their little Royal Rumble thing, the Power Bowl or whatever. Battle Bowl. Battle Bowl. He won the Battle Bowl ring. Yeah. So he's like, I wanted that ring, brother, and now I want the NWA champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have to say about this match? Um, Flair was natural on commentary. I was really surprised at how seamlessly he just like got in on that shit. Mm-hmm. He said some funny, he said some funny lines too. He said like he was talking about Muda and he said, Take nothing away from him. All those Japs are tough. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, could say that now, probably, but yeah. Just like they probably could do the Missy Hyatt getting felt up thing either. Yeah. Um oh, let's see, they fill out for a while, do crisscross, and then Muda rolls and he does that fucking Sobat kick, that fucking sick ass jump Sobat kick. Mm-hmm. I love that move. And then he does a side headlock and he keeps it on for a while. And that's what Jesse Ventura explains why a headlock hurts. And I loved it. Yep. <laughs> it shoves the, your forearm into the ear. And that's what causes cauliflower ear. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of chuckled when he said that, uh, Rick Flair said something. No, I think Tony or, or Jesse, he's like, why do you need these, uh, secret agent people? And I forgot what he said, uh, Ric Flair. He's like, they're on the payroll, the payroll, brother. Oh, yeah. That's Did all he... you need to know. <laughs> and he's like, we have great men to the left and the right of us. And, like, Tony Schiavone was like, yeah, I do, too. I have Ric Flair to my left and Jesse Ventura to my right. <laughs> Fucking sucking up to him. Mm-hmm. Um... See what else they do this thing for a while where like Muda just has Barry in a headlock. I think it actually went on way too long, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that I wrote that down too. I was like, with great Muda and Barry Windham, like this is shouldn't Barry be doing this, not Muda? I would, but I maybe like Muda is known as a great technical wrestler in his own right. Mm-hmm. So like I can kind of buy that. Plus he's not really like a small Japanese guy. He's he's like he's more like an average size, like American yeah. dude. But um, yeah, that that kind of bogged the match down for me. He had he had Barry in a headlock he couldn't get out of for what felt like ten minutes. It had to be. <laughs> it it had to be because it was a long match, and then he tries to break free and he can't. And he gets a couple hits, and then Muda does like a suplex and a snapmare, and he hits the shining elbow drop. Hmm. That fucking move where he just goes like, it looks like he gets tasered and he fucking elbow drops you. I love that. (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, Barry brawls free finally. He just like strikes him a bunch. Mm-hmm. Hits a sick ass DDT. And he suplexes Muda outside, and he works him over for a while. And he puts him to sleeper, and that kind of goes on for a bit too. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like the test of strength. Uh, I think it was. A little, it went too long, but it was kind of story, uh, storytelling to me a little bit because this, he wants this. He wants to beat Muda. He wants to become the champion. He wants to be seen as a the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially with the promo that he fucking says later. Uh, I, I, I think this was a test of strength for him to get past all those headlocks. So... That's the only positive thing I could say out of that. Yeah. It seems like he beats on Muda forever, and he tries to come back, and he gets a little bit of offense, and he can't quite get it. He goes for, like, the moonsault twice, and he fucks up both times. <laughs> and then Barry hits the fucking Im- implant, DDT, beats him. And then Ric Flair comes in and gives Barry the belt, and he straps it on, and they have a stare down. And it's more interesting than the entire match. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I did. I felt really let down by this match. I mean, I, I thought it was a good match. I was really happy for Barry. Uh, mm-hmm. So I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. Um, I still think it was it was it was it was storytelling. I I think the match told the story rather than being like a a, a ten star match or whatever. I I don't go in expecting a ten star match out of anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, I did expect something, and they just didn't do it. And the only thing I can really think of that makes any sense for like why they had this match the way they did because you know Barry can work. And you know Muda can work, but it felt like neither of them really did. Oh, would you think of the part where Barry had him in a headlock and was using the ropes for leverage? Uh, and then, like, Ric Flair's like, there you go. That's how you get ahead in life. Yeah, <laughs> Jesse was saying some shit like that, too, earlier, talking about taking shortcuts and shit. That was, mm-hmm. like, a good callback to that. Um, yeah, he had him in the sleeper, and he was doing that old trick to get more leverage on sleeper. That's something else people don't really fucking do anymore for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, I like that. There there were bits and things I did like in this match, but overall I just felt like it dragged too much. And the thing is, the only thing that makes any sense about this is I feel like they had this match this way because New Japan didn't want to risk Muda getting hurt. Okay. And this yeah. was just this was just him get the belt off Muda so he can come back to Japan, and then we can use him to like fight Jushin Liger and like a bunch of crazy fucking matches that everybody's going to talk about forever. Yeah, <laughs> strong style matches. <laughs> yeah, so like I think this was just to protect Muda, and I think I remember hearing something like that before at some point. So they uh, just had like kind of an old style match. So what did you give it? <laughs> I gave it a four point seven five out of ten. Oh jeez. Okay. I, I did. I got bored by it honestly for a while. I wasn't joking about that. When Ric Flair comes in and they do the thing in the in the in the ring there, I felt like that was more intriguing than that entire match. Hmm. Now, are we? Are we? Was that 
foreshadowing a Barry Windham versus Ric Flair for the NWA championship match? I feel like it is. Um, I don't really know. I have to admit, I don't really know what word that goes. Um, I hope so. Yeah, it, I don't think they're teaming up because Ric Flair doesn't put the horsemen back together for like a while. I think it's like next year. So my question to you is like, do you think they'll both be heels fighting each other or do you think Barry goes for the face turn? No, I think Ric Flair's a baby face right now. Like, okay. I think he's because he, I, I think later in this year, he fights Vader in a match. I think it's a Starcade actually, and he's fucking he's the baby face in the match. That's like the whole point of it is like Vader beats the fuck out of Ric Flair. <laughs> um, I remember it because of Ric Flair selling. It's like incredible. <laughs> like Vader does like an elbow drop, and Ric Flair's like ah. God! Ah! Like, it sounds like he's dying. Oh, I look forward to that. You ready for the White Castle of Fear? This is the White Castle of Fear. This is what it's been all about. Yes. To build this up the entire night. So... Stay Vader for the, the strat match. So I found out, literally, right before we recorded, that this was a non-title match. Yeah, I wrote and, down for the championship, and then it wasn't, and then I was like, "Oh, okay." I didn't really feel mad about it or anything. No, I'm not mad about it. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just really confusing. Maybe because in modern wrestling, it feels like every time there's a pay per view, there's always have to be a heavyweight championship in the main event. That's not the case in the old times. Um, they just wanted to kill each other. That could be it. You know, I also thought about this too. Is like they just had a match for the NWA championship, and that would like overshadow it. I think if it was true for the WCW title, because it, it seemed like they they wanted that to be a big moment where like Barry wins the title. Mm-hmm. So they're in like this weird situation where they have like two world titles right now, and no brand split. Yeah, <laughs> that would be insane. Imagine NWA versus WCW. Yeah. This match was insane, brother. Oh, it was fun. <laughs> so, I want to say this right off the bat. Uh, it showed Vader in the beginning to, like, overpower a little bit. Uh, and you're just like, oh, this is typical Vader match, right? But we're facing Sting here. It's not just some jobber. Uh, so, when he takes over they sell that Sting can bring him down. Like, yeah, Sting, Sting can pick Vader up and throw him. Mm-hmm. It's I, difficult, I, but he can. <laughs> what I love about Vader's selling is every fat guy, including myself, when you know you're about to, you know, you know when you're about to fall, you're just like the, oh, oh like that. That's what Vader was throughout this whole match. He's like, oh, no, he's going down. He's going down. He doesn't quite do it like Yokozuna, where they always make a big deal about Yokozuna getting knocked off his feet. Mm-hmm. Of course, Yokozuna weighs more than Vader, but they they always do it to the nth degree with him. Mm-hmm. Vader just did it briefly. He's like, "Oh shit!" He falls down. So, 
Sting fucking whipped the shit out of him on his back. Yeah, he had gashes on him. And it it was insane. And like seeing uh Sting pull on the, the leather strap and Vader just throwing his fucking body at the banister. I was like, holy yeah, he, shit. He's pulling on him and then Vader was hitting the post. He's like, oh, he like did the <laughs> yell. Like it was like he just made it look good. And Harley Race made it like really believable that like he, he's it looked like he like Vader was gonna die. Like that's how Harley <laughs> Race sold it. Yeah, he was like, Oh my god, get up, Vader! Get up! <laughs> he's like kind of bleeding and shit. He's like he's been fucked up a little bit in his match. Mm-hmm. My favorite part is when Sting like does like a flying kick to Vader's face. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, I knew I know Sting could like uh, do some moves, but holy shit, I didn't know he can kick that well. Yeah, he does like the jumping roundhouse move. Mm-hmm. That's something he used to do when he was you know, Surfer Sting. That's that's what I was saying. Like this is, in my opinion, this is Sting's best period for like his work. Hmm. Because he's like got the most energy here, he can still move pretty fast. And he like, I like that, and I liked when he was doing like, he picked Vader up pretty easily. Like it seemed like he was pretty strong too. Yeah, and uh, that could have been Vader helping him though, because Vader can jump. <laughs> uh, but when he got he got air on those fucking splashes, like I don't oh, yeah. remember Sting doing like fucking top rope splashes, but he did like twice. Well, he did it three times really. He failed on the third third one. <laughs> yeah, but he just jumped up and was like, "Whoa!" Like he was like a top rope guy. Like that was a finish, and he hit it. There, there was one time where he was about to fall, though. I think it's, it's <laughs> it was the first one. Yeah, cause... he got up there and he's like, "Uh, uh, uh." <laughs> Yeah, he's like goes for it. <laughs> uh, when I uh, wrote down on this uh, on this match, I was like, "Man, leather straps are pretty hard to maneuver in the, in this match because there was a part where Vader was about to go on top rope, but like it was under the second rope, and then he had to like he had to like climb over and shit <laughs> to get onto the top rope. It looked awkward, and I was like, I really appreciate that. Like he still went to that." move like to the top rope to do it just looked awkward to do it yeah i i was thinking about that while they're having this match like they have to constantly think about where the fuck this thing is because like i i, I was thinking about that when vader was going for the power bomb later i'm like man if he gets they get tangled up in the strap that could just totally go wrong <laughs> oh yeah because he could totally like do the power bomb and like snap a neck if it's like yeah. in, in the neck area or, like, trip himself in the fucking thing. He loses his balance and they just collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I love this move. Vader whips out the... I call this the dirty elbow because it doesn't have a name. <laughs> but he did it really early in the match. Where, like, he'll set a guy up and it looks like he's going to elbow him in the fucking crotch. Like, he's just going to drop an elbow on their crotch. But it's really, like, kind of like this lower abdominal area. I love so, that move. It's so simple. <laughs> I wrote this down. I said, Tony Schiavone says something really stupid, but I not stupid, but it was confusing to me. He's like the spider and the fly and stuff. I'm like, well, fly is more agile, right? And the spider is is quick too. But I feel like a, a fly could win, maybe like. 
What, what, what was the analogy that he was trying to do with that? I don't know. Like, Jesse's the one that brought it up, I think. And then he tried to go somewhere with it. It just didn't. <laughs> he fucked it up. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know, Shivani. <laughs> yeah, because there was times he's like, oh, uh, Sting is the spider. And then Jesse Jesse's like, well, it looks like Raider's going to be the spider now. And I'm like, okay, where are you going with this? He has a fucking yeah. scorpion. He has a scorpion on his fucking trunks, you idiot. How come Sting and Two Cold Scorpio are a tag team? I don't know. Scorpio to Scorpion. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's random. <laughs> I love this part. I love when like Sting was finally getting control, and then he starts whipping Vader, and it shows the crowd, and there's this grandma out in the crowd. Going like, yes, yes. <laughs> like when she's seeing Sting whip Vader. I'm like, God damn, you just don't see shit like that anymore. <laughs> and then he whips Harley. Harley gets up on the apron and Sting just goes, wham. He's like, ah, and he falls off. <laughs> and the crowd's just going ape shit at this point because Sting's like getting all his comeuppance and shit. And then they go outside and then, yeah, just show Vader bleeding. And then, mm-hmm. uh, Let's see what else happens here. The crowd's rumbling. Like, they're, like, doing that thing where they stampede, kind of. Fucking miss. I, I miss when people do that. They don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. It's, it, it's so cool. Uh, well, what were you going to say? I was going to say, well, they're not doing it now because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, when there was people, they stopped doing it. It was late. Yep. Well, I guess there's no hype. Wrestling fans are lame now. They kind of are, really. Let's see. Vader whips Sting. He does a second rope Samoan drop. And then he tries for a top rope move, and Sting pulls him off with the strap. Mm-hmm. So he's like, whoop! And he, he does, like, the fat guy falling down thing. There, um, was, there was a part where Sting is uh, on the ground, and uh, Vader starts fucking wailing on him. I wrote, I wrote down, he started hitting the mat, and then, like, started hitting the side of his face. But he he looked like he was just going to town. He was like, and He goes like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> I was like, damn, he's going for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote down, Sting is great at fighting from underneath. Like, where he's, like, he's trying to, like, get back into it. Mm-hmm. He was doing this shit where he was on the ground. And, like, they were kind of, like, both on the ground. But Sting was, like, doing these, like, crazy, like, desperate punch attacks where he would swing his whole body into it and, and get back up and, like, try it again. Yeah. And it just looked really good. And then they do a superplex. Vader, or, no. Yeah, Vader hits a big suplex. That's what I said. Superplex. Um, oh, we should tell the uh, our fans on how they, they're supposed to win this match. So you're supposed to drag your opponent from each turnbuckle and hit it four consecutive times. Yeah, that's right. They do that a couple times. Sting actually tries it on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the first attempt somebody tries to do it, but Vader pulls him into the fucking railing and he, he gets fucked up. Yeah. Um. See, Vader beats Sting down in the corner and he busts him open apparently while he's doing that. <laughs> and then Vader yanks Sting into some body blocks and then he yanks Sting one more time, but Sting hits a Liger kick. You know that, that rolling kick thing? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, I, I didn't know Sting did that move ever. <laughs> and then he German suplexes him. 
I was like, fuck. <laughs> he beats the fuck out of Vader in the corner. Like, he just, he does that. She just starts teeing off on him, punching him in the face. Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's, I, I miss when, like, a baby face could just get mad and just beat the fuck out of somebody and it would get you hyped up. They tried to do that with John Cena. Remember, like, oh, he's he's turning into something else. Like, oh, that's so lame and contrived. Mm-hmm. Nobody can do that anymore. Like, I don't, I can't. Drew McIntyre gets kind of to that point a little bit, but it's because it's the way WWE is now. They don't, they don't let anybody do that. By the way, he's champion again. I know. I saw. I'm like, what the? F- Why did you do that? Why did you let Randy beat him and then for twenty days and then? Just... <laughs> I don't fucking understand. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess he hit punched Vader in the ear, and he was bleeding from the ear. And so at this point, like, the Vader's bleeding on the back. He's a lot of blood's coming out of his ear. Sting's bleeding on his face. I noticed that Vader bleeds easily. He might have like a thin skin thing or something. Mm-hmm. And then. Sting picks Vader up for a fireman's carry, and he tries to hit the corners. But he, when he picks Vader up, his foot hits the ref and knocks him down. Mm-hmm. So he goes one, two, three, and he's walking over, and I guess he just can't see because he's looking ahead. He trips over the ref, and they both fall down. So he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And then Vader hits a bonsai drop, and it sounds like it killed Sting. <laughs> the way he sold it. <laughs> he, he like does it and he goes ah! <laughs> and I was like fuck that was a great sell yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're both fucking bloody and shit and I'm like this is wrestling like both these guys look fucked up and they're still going yeah, I wrote then, I wrote they're getting some color brother they both got color they, yeah. they both did Vader hits the four quarters and wins. I think Harley interfered to help him or some shit. I think Sting was holding on. And he just goes, ah, and he, he breaks it up. Yeah, uh, I wrote down, because uh, this is where Sting, like, fucking goes crazy. Because after, like, Vader wins, he just starts whipping him. <laughs> he got mad. I was like, why does Stinger have to be a sore loser? <laughs> Stinger lost the game, and he is a sore loser. Because mm. <laughs> I, I I wrote down I was like this is kind of weird seeing a face do that like usually, but then that's how you show emotion because this guy's a quote unquote bully so yeah and I guess Harley did kind of fucking cheat a mm-hmm. little bit so it was like he got mad because god damn it oh well the White Castle of Fear this is a great match. It was, it was a lot of fun. And it was just, I don't know, it was, that's what I think of when I think of wrestling. I think of two guys beating the fuck out of each other and it feels like a fight. There doesn't have to be blood, but when they save, they save it for moments like this, I think a lot of it was accidental blood anyway. Mm-hmm. It looked good. It just looked like these guys had a war. It put them both over. Um, it put Sting over because Vader's a fucking monster and he literally made him bleed and literally yeah. like he he could have won it but because of the cheating uh vader wins it uh i could watch this match i i did watch this match three times 
and I gave this a nine out of ten. I gave it an eight point seven five out of ten. What a great match! What a great main event. That's not a fucking championship match. I know. Yeah, this will be one I'll reference to people for a while. Where I'm like, "Well, give me a great Sting match, or give me a great Vader match." I'll bring this one up to people. Mm-hmm. Until we see other matches yeah. that will t- take its place. Uh, um, solid show. Yeah. Um, commentary was kind of weak a little bit. Uh, disappointed with the Dustin match. Should have been Ron Simmons. Should have been Ron uh, Simmons. Heavenly Bodies versus uh, Rock and Roll Express was amazing. Uh, Chris Benoit versus Two Cold Scorpio, amazing. Yeah. Uh, Eric Watts and Marcus Alexander Bagwell <laughs> and the Heavenly... I'm uh, Heavenly Blondes. Uh, Hollywood Blondes. Heavenly Blondes. <laughs> Uh, it was an okay match. The one, what's the one match that you hate hated, uh, uh or you were disappointed? You were disappointed in Barry Windham and Muda. I was not. Um, it wasn't so, bad. It was just disappointing. Yeah, nobody did anything bad in that match. Um, the one I hated most was like Dustin against Max Payne. He just got dragged down. Like he tried to do, Dustin tried to make something out of that, and that guy just isn't good enough to get anything out of. <laughs> it seems like. Oh yeah, and there there was a promo with Barry Windham where he says he's going to win all the championships. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was really short. Yeah. Uh, I give the whole show a seven point five out of ten. I gave it seven point twenty five out of ten. Nice, and that if, I, that if Barry and Muda was better to me, and I think if Dustin fought Ron Simmons instead of fucking Max Payne, it probably would have been a better show. <laughs> um, it's a good show though. It's it's good. So far, WCW is winning because we gave Royal Rumble a bad rating, I believe. It wasn't a very good rating. Yeah, it was like middle of the road. I think for me, it was just like five something because i think the the best match we saw was brett uh, brett versus uh razor Razor. so all right well guys next week is thanks unless there's anything else you wanted to add no that's it next week we have thanksgiving so that means there is no wrestling but when we come back from thanksgiving week uh there will be wrestling uh and let me bring up the uh, calendar. The schedule. And see what shows we're going to be doing. I think we're back to regular WCW versus WWF now. Yep. We're all on a Saturday night. Okay, hold on. I'm almost there. So February 26th. Oh, my bad. February 22nd uh, is WWF Monday Night Raw. And then February 27th uh, for... WCW Saturday night. And then after that week, we will be doing our monthly award show. Yeah. So, and that would be... What is that? We'll be doing that sometime in December the for that month of February. Uh, if you want to catch more of Getting Some Color, or if you want to watch, or, or if you want to listen to some movie podcasts like 
Big Trouble Will Podcast, or if you want Resident Evil Podcast, The Nemesis Project, and our gaming show called Accelerated Gamer, you type in Nerd Review Network on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Red Circle. Uh, you type that in, you get all our podcasts. Uh, so I think that's where we'll end it. It was a nice beefy episode, about two, <laughs> two and a half hours. So until next time, everybody, get some color. See you, Stingers. Stinger!